You're listening to Find the Good News, Episode 43, The Legacy, a road trip edition featuring Chris Bro. Find the Good News is produced by Parker Brand Creative Services, a branding agency that thinks sideways, pushes forward, and gets your brand up. See what else we do at parkerbrandup.com. It's Unwind Wednesday, and I've got something special for you today. After telling you about it for many weeks, the first road trip edition of Find the Good News is finally here. It wouldn't have been a real road trip if I didn't forget something at home, and guess what? I did. I forgot the fishbowl. I know that's a bummer, and I wish it hadn't happened, but it did. My great hope with this episode is that you won't even miss the fishbowl because I've created a new supplement to your listening experience. With Road Trip Editions, I'll be launching the podcast with short video featurettes so you can get a better idea of the special places and spaces I've been invited into. You can find the video featurette for this episode on my website at findthegood.news or just follow Find the Good News on social media for the links. I'm not going to go on and on with the announcements this week. I'd like to let you get into the space that I got to experience. I think the environment affected the nature of our conversation, so I'd love to know if you experienced that too. So get comfortable. Find a space in your heart for this little podcast. Take a drive with me, and let's press play on a little good news. If you want to find a quiet place to think, I can't think of any place more peaceful than a cemetery. There's a reason we call it the quiet of the grave. It was in one of these gardens of the dead where my life found purpose and meaning over 23 years ago. Each year I go to that sacred place to revisit the cause for my desire to awaken and my hope that we, that I, can be a more loving and compassionate being. I always go there alone, but I'm never truly alone when I'm there. It was this affinity for sacred spaces and final resting places that drew me to Chris Bro, the owner of Monumental Life, so I asked if he would share his good works with me on Find the Good News. Chris asked me to take a road trip to visit with him at Orange Grove Cemetery in Lake Charles, Louisiana, so I could experience his service to the dead firsthand. Orange Grove Cemetery is home to the largest display of flags for American veterans in the United States, and it is the abode for the bones of many of Southwest Louisiana's founding fathers and mothers. In seeking his own founding mothers and fathers, Chris found a new calling, a way to honor those that have come before us, that lived, loved, laughed, suffered, and cried just like us. Since his initial motivation, I would describe Chris's work as a personal piety and a crusade of sorts, a mission to remind us that everything shiny we chase after is fleeting, temporary, dust, and that the most glorious crown we could ever have isn't made of earthly jewels or polished gold. Our greatest treasure is a life well lived, a good heart, and service to one another. Beneath blue skies with a chorus of birds and cooled by the shadow cast of 200-year-old oaks, I sat down with Chris for an extended visit and discovered he has made a journey, not unlike mine or possibly yours. There have been joys, there have been sorrows, and there has been a change of heart. Not only did he share his motivations with me, but he also graciously allowed me to assist him in his holy work in honoring the lives of those that came before us through the revitalization of their monuments. It was a memento more, a day to remember that we too must die. But before we cross through that gate and enter the great mystery, we should find the capacity within ourselves to truly appreciate the good we see before us and also 
to do whatever good we can. Wake up this morning, you're dreaming up a story I can hear the way it's going, cause you're laughing in your sleep on the path to your deliverance and a holy wall of light pouring through your window. Old news, bad news, fake news. Sometimes you want to hit the road and get away from it all. With Find the Good News Road Trips, I get behind the wheel and seek out good people doing good works. I travel the highways, byways, and back roads to seek out artists, educators, civic and spiritual leaders, musicians, business owners, students, volunteers, and everyday citizens who are using their creativity, resources, and talents to bring hope and happiness to the places and spaces that hold meaning for them. In each episode, I journey into the hearts and minds of my extraordinary guests. We have down-to-earth conversations about relatable things going on in their lives and in their communities. I uncover the critical life experiences that shaped them, the environments that nurtured them, and the fundamental beliefs that have anchored them to a path of goodness. There's a lot of news on the open road. My name is Oren Parker, and you're invited to take this road trip with me to find the good. cemetery this morning we actually had to reboot our conversation a couple of times this is the first road trip episode of find the good news and uh you know when you're dragging all your audio equipment out to a, a foreign land so to speak outside the studio um there's a there's a few little this is things. real life yeah this is real <laughs> life right but uh well, i'm here with chris bro today he's the owner of monumental life and i say owner you know sometimes when you say the word owner you think oh they own a business and that's it but that's not exactly the whole story with chris right right chris? right so chris um i'm gonna just say, get do give you the short answer of what i understand and i'm gonna let chris tell us what he does uh i understood it as you clean headstones that was just the very nuts and bolts version of it and i was really fascinated by that i i stumbled on your facebook page i really don't know how originally but i was like oh i love this because i have a, a special place in my heart for cemetery cemeteries a lot of people who listen to the show <laughs> know that i talk about it probably too much uh if there is such a thing but so i started following you and then I think you maybe messaged me back and then I went and looked at your profile and I go, we were kind of talking and I went, wait a second. I didn't put the face right. with the name. And then when I went to your profile, I was like, oh, we know each other. We've been on retreats together. Yep, we have. Yeah. So that was kind of a special thing, a small, small, small world, world, a little serendipitous. I had reached out to you about a logo. You did. And yeah. And I was like, oh, hey, yeah, actually. I got you. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And we are going to do a logo. Yeah. But I mean, I was really, as much as I want to do that, I definitely was excited to talk to you. And I, I originally thought, well, hey, I'm going to bring him, see if I can get you in studio to talk about this. But we've really had this idea with the show where we wanted to get out of the studio and go into the guest's space. Because for me, the show, I hate to call it therapy, it's not the right word, but it's been really healing for me to open my heart up to people at the table in the office where we do our recording normally. But I thought, how much uh, more can I open my heart and my mind 
and let uh, the space affect me, you know, because I've heard that from other guests. They come into the space that we've created and they're like, I love the space. I feel comfortable here. Um, I said, well, man, how much more comfortable would people be in their own space? And then it kind of shakes me into out of some of my routines, you know? So that's kind of why we're here, man. This is a... This is why I've asked you to do this, but I'm, I'm thankful that you're allowing me to come out here and be in your world for a little while. Well, it's, it's definitely uh, exciting and, uh, and, and unique out here. Uh, it's, it's a special place dear to my heart, and uh, it has been for the past year. Um, to give you a little, a little short snippet of, of how this all kind of came to fruition, um, my great-great-grandparents are buried out here at Orange Grove. Uh, okay. They came from Sicily, Italy. Um, and my great-grandparents are buried out here as well. So I have two sets of, of grandparents, uh, one being great-great and one being great. And uh, my mother and I came and found my great-great-grandparents' um, headstones or, or their, their, their graves. And they were uh, kind of dirty, you know, just a little – they were they – were, like you could read their name, um, but you could tell that they may not have been cleaned. Or, How long you think it had been since anybody had even like stopped and? You know, I have, I have cousins and and uh, a great aunt who is 95 years old who is an angel, and and all of her kids are are, are are great people, and it wouldn't surprise me if it hadn't been a couple years. I mean, you could tell that they they had that flowers, good flowers. Yeah. So that someone had been out there recently. It may have been six months, um, but. Out here at Orange Grove, there's no running water. Yeah, so okay. if you're going to clean a grave, you're going to bring Bring your own water. water supplies, whatever. B-O-I-O-W. Bring your own water. Bring your you own come. water. <laughs> okay. uh, and, and to clean one grave, you're going to need about eight or nine one-gallon jugs of water to clean it sufficiently so that... And that's just the headstone. That's not... And, and the one thing about Orange Grove and Graceland is a lot of the plots are above ground. Yeah, I see that. So you have not just a headstone where that's all you would clean. You, you have a full concrete eight by three or seven by three slab of either granite or concrete to clean as well so you really don't want to clean just the headstone and leave the body of the plot black yeah and so for our listeners i've got listeners all over above ground graves are not common anywhere else really except louisiana not right right? i mean louisiana and along the coast really you know there's not a whole lot of cemeteries modern day cemeteries that have above ground above ground vaults like this unless it's a mausoleum or yeah. um or a uh, a plot you know like a, a a small family mausoleum or two plot mausoleum most most gra- most cemeteries have went back to complete burial uh underground burials because now you're required by by state law to be buried in a vault so oh an underground whether it be plastic or whether it be concrete so with a lid so that it, it keeps the uh, the casket from popping out of the ground. Oh, like really? Like in Cameron, when, when a hurricane comes yeah. and it floods, all too often, caskets come up mm, from the ground. Okay. They, uh, the, the ground becomes so saturated. I didn't so know that, that was a law. I, had no, I don't know a lot about that. Yeah, they, they, they passed the law uh, many years ago, I want to say. But that was prior to these people that had passed away, say, in Cameron, that the ground became so saturated that it just kind of, they, they rose to the top. And when Hurricane Rita hit, there were, exposed caskets everywhere and then a coroner has to be contacted the the local coroner to uh to to take in essence possession of the casket and find out who it is but oh, wow. how do you yeah, find out who it is yeah right right if there's no they don't, identification I mean, they, they, inside they, the casket yeah I, I don't know i don't know the uh 
the process of when they close the casket if they put any identification. I, so I, I don't, don't know either. either. So, I'm, I'm really ignorant to and that. And even, even to think going back, say, 50, 60, 70 years ago, I doubt they did that very yeah. seriously. So, um, so most of the headstones and graves out here at Orange Grove are vaulted uh, grave sites that, you know, meaning that there's a slab over them, whether it be concrete or, or, or granite, in addition to a headstone. So when you're coming out here to clean something, seven gallons of water for one headstone is, you know, pretty substantial. But if you're going to clean the whole grave itself, you're going to need a lot of water. Yeah. And a lot of scrubbing and a lot of time. And so this is interesting because you're sitting here, and I know because we, we walked around here before we started the pod and you talked me through and walked me through so many special places out here and I learned so much but what is blowing my mind is as I'm sitting here listening to you and then what we talked about before we started the pod is how knowledgeable you are and I think that's interesting because I'm going to pull you all the way back to these your your great-grandparents graves right because you didn't walk in here that day carrying any knowledge about the cemetery right. or how to clean, you know, grave sites or what the materials were or the history or any of that, right? You walked in here, you're just looking for your grandparents. I didn't really know what I was walking into, right. you know. I was right, essentially, right. you know, I was, I was walking in to, to kind of locate and, and find them, you know, because yeah. it's history. It's, it's yeah, your heritage. It's, it's your, your heritage. ancestry. Yeah. You know, just to be able to say, because I've seen pictures of them, but to be able to put a, a picture with a, a, a site. Yes. And to be able to have that connection is, uh, you. granted they died, you know, 75, 80 years ago, but you feel in a, in somewhat of a way connected. You yeah. Know, being able to visit their final resting place, knowing that they're there. Yeah. So my mom and I came out and we, we cleaned the, uh, we cleaned their graves. It was hot that day. It just was last water. Summer. I water mean, we just and, brought water. And, and uh, dawn, like a mile, okay, dawn like, detergent. Like Man, dawn's like a we didn't magic know. cleaner. I didn't know. Like, yeah, well, but people use it to all, do all kinds of things. So yeah. after after cleaning for like two hours, we're like, "Whew, it's hot!" And it, because <laughs> right. we're under a big, beautiful oak tree. Yeah, this space we're at's really nice. They're buried. It's wide open sun. Yeah. So I'm looking over here, o'clock. not 50 feet, and it's cooking. Yeah. It's already nine o'clock. It's 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 uh, 85, 90 degrees, and there's just no wind. And no so, shade. So this was in the summer, right? Yeah. And this was in the summer, so it was like. July. So we come out here and, and two hours into it, we realize that we've only gotten one headstone clean. There's still a whole plot. And I'm thinking, how in the world are we going to, you know, my poor mom is 65 years old, 68 years old. So I said, look, we're going to shut it down for today. We'll come back tomorrow. We'll do the uh, my, my great great grandfather's. Uh, so we did that. But as as I kind of just kind of looked around and, and observed, uh, their their headstones weren't the only ones that were that that were. I hate to use the word dirty, but that uh, in, in essence, hadn't been taken that hadn't care been of. that hadn't been yeah. taken care of, and and not with no ill intent and, and not purposefully, just you know, given the 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 elements of life and and people moving out of you know out of the area, people passing and and maybe not having kids and, and having no legacy. There, there's, a, there's a number of reasons why someone's headstone may not be tended to. It, yeah. it, they may not have had kids and, and no family members. They may have died in a war and, and fighting in the, in the Confederate war and, and be buried here, but are yeah. from Tennessee. 
There's several people. Well, and that sometimes are. the bloodline trails out. Yeah. I mean, you know, the last family member is buried, and then sometimes and it. there's just it doesn't go on. That's all, you know, right. and it, that's where it kind of stops. So when I look around, I don't look at, wow, how could these people do that? I look at it as an opportunity, and that's where I, that's where I looked at it as an opportunity to do service work. So all of this really kind of came to fruition before Monumental Life even was a a need or a, 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 a an avenue, a venture, a, a, a anything. Um, I drove around the cemetery, oddly. <laughs> it was funny because an older gentleman, someone had said uh, that they had actually called him and asked him how to clean a, his, one of his loved ones' headstones. He said, well, if you see the man in that black truck in the cemetery, go ask him. He'll tell you how to do yeah. it. So obviously there had been some people that had seen that black truck out here. So they I knew know. what you were doing. They kind of right. got the, okay. So there's a flagpole, and if you, if you and I can see it from here yeah. where we're sitting, and there are probably about 25 soldiers, veterans, that are, that are buried underneath there. And they have the, the government-issued white marble uh, headstones. And they were black. They were, they were covered in lichen and mold and mildew. And just the aspects and the, the, the elements of nature had taken its toll on them. Sure. Um, and some of them had passed 80 years ago, 90 years ago, 60 years ago. Um, I felt compelled to, you know, clean one or two. I was like, I'm gonna just go clean one or two, you know. I gotta bring my own water in. So one morning I woke up and- What were you bringing it in, just five gallon buckets? <laughs> no, no, one gallon milk jugs. Really? 15, I would fill okay. up water for like, okay. you know, <laughs> wow. 30 minutes. I'm just looking at this make, big container yeah. behind me and now how, like, how far you went. Yeah, you know? because like, I was you, like, you that came is, with that's for the birds. That's, one gallon. That's, that's crazy. Then you got to haul water back. There. I was like, oh, <laughs> right. that's a lot. Plus, there's no shade over there, as you notice. It's yeah, it's in it's, the sun as well. There's no. I'm actually really thankful of the spot we're in right now. Yeah, we kind of we kind of planned that and picked it. It couldn't have fell any better. That was that was God saying we don't want those people to sweat. So, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so, um, so we cleaned or I cleaned uh, two headstones that day, and when I tell you they went from being black and not being able to see their name or their rank or their date of death, or which war they fought in, to being snow white. It took a little elbow grease, and it took about an hour to do of sweat and scrub and rinse and scrub and rinse. It was beautiful. Like, uh, I, and it, it, it's kind of like, um, I, I don't want to, uh, obsession is, is kind of a strong word to say, but you feel compelled because you see 20 black graves, and you see one white one. Yeah. And you're like, oh, I've got to clean the, the one less side of it because you don't want that person's to be dirty. Right. So right, right. that's where it becomes like, okay, well, I don't, I don't want this one to, to be beautiful, beautifully white. And you have all of these other ones that did the same thing. They served our country. They fought for our freedom. They defended yeah. us. So you're, you're going, well, I got to keep going. Well, I got to clean. I, you know, I felt compelled and pulled. I was like, you, you done started something. You know, you can't really just do one and stop kind of like a Lay's potato chip. You can't just eat yeah, just one. Right, right, <laughs> you know, you right. gotta, you, you, so I found myself coming every, you know, every morning until about 10, 30, 11 o'clock because after that you, it's heat stroke weather. I mean, it's mid yeah. July. Yeah. Okay. Know. Is that when this was? This was, yeah. Okay. It so you're in last the summer. summer. Yeah. Okay. So we're so not it took quite about there three yet. Weeks. Yeah. So it hasn't been a, that. That's interesting. So this hasn't even been a full year. Oh, you haven't no. had a, a birthday. Monumental Life just came about in January. Oh wow! Because there were there, you know, it. My background is sales and marketing. 
so I was in outside sales for, for 15 years, uh, wireless telecommunications and then in pharmaceutical sales. Um, so supply and demand came in, you know, as I'm posting these pictures on, uh, for actually it was, it was a, um, a cleanup day that we organized for Orange Grove, uh, for Veterans Day uh, last October. Um, just to kind of spruce up the cemetery prior to the Avenue of Flags, which, by the way, is the largest in the nation, with upwards of 1,100 donated casket-draped flags that were given to family to, to a veteran's family members for their service at their funeral. Okay. And they're on display twice a year for Veterans Day and, and upcoming Memorial Day. And like I said, it's the largest in the nation. So that, that's definitely something that, that we or I am proud of. For, for being right here in Lake Charles, you know, having that. Yeah, I didn't really here. realize that was the largest in the nation. Right, it, it, it's 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 a beautiful thing, and the, the flags are huge. I mean, you think it's not a small, you know, four by four flag. It's a huge, regulatory size flag. Like, does that get a lot of national coverage? I, I think it seems like it would, but I, I guess I just don't. I'm not aware. I, I, to tell you the truth, locally it does. Nationally, I'm not. I'm not sure. You would think Arlington would have, you know, but as far as displayed flags, yeah, right. Know, these That's are, what these I'm are actually people sacrificed their flag that their family member was giving for their their service to someone to protect it, and they don't yeah. get it back to them. They don't just bring it the day of the Avenue of Flags. The the Avenue of Flags committee i mean they they put so much work and dedication and planning towards this event and so much care is given to these to these flags i mean they're they're a treasure to not only to the family that that has lost a loved one but also to uh to everyone that that lives here in lake trolls it's uh, um it's uh it's very it's eye-opening because you see all of these flags and then you you your mind kind of transport you back in time every one of those flags represents a life a life right i think sometimes for me that's what i like about coming to the cemetery you know and there's i mean granted how how much time would it take to walk and honestly contemplate every life that's in here represented by a headstone or a a nameplate but it is the idea that these were lives just like yours i mean that really drives things home for me i mean you know you have this limited amount of time in this body and what are you going to do with it? You know, and you look at the date sometimes and you'll see somebody that, you know, I, a lot of times for me, I'll look and, and compare it to my own age and go, well, okay, I'm 45 or I'll be 45 this year. And I'll look at them and I go, well, they were 37. Mm-hmm. So I've got this extra time that right. this person doesn't have. And am I using that time to, in, a, in a valuable way or in, right. a, in a blessed way or a compassionate way? What do I want to do with it? Every right. minute I got past theirs, you know. Or if you see a child, right. and I see a child that's five, and I go, well, my son's eight. Mm-hmm. Have I used those three extra years that I got that this family didn't? Did I do something with it? Right. I mean, dude, that is, you can walk by. I that's got, deep. You can walk by every one of these and have a meditation exactly. that can change your life. You, you really you really and truly could. I mean, uh, there are over 10,000 people buried here. Really? Ten I mean, I guess from our perspective where we're sitting at, it's kind of hard to comprehend that, but I guess I can believe it. You know, just, and I'm sorry, I'm jumping all over the place, but I think about comparing it to like a, um, a more modern cemetery, mm-hmm. I'll call it, that has more of a uh, avant-garde style to it. Those are special places for the family members as well, but there's something 
beautiful ab about these places like this where everything's not just all the ducks in a row mm -hmm. you know there's just a, there's little families that sort of have a theme or a style but then you know you have these just individual sort of haphazard um planning i guess right. so to speak as we were walking through earlier you were pointing out you know some weren't facing east east yeah, and west and north west, and south yeah. i mean it there was it, it, it it's 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 kind of got its own facade its own its own look and theme and and the the mo to me one of the most beautiful things about the cemetery is back when you know in the early 1900s or even the mid 1900s they it was so classy it was so um beautiful the way they memorialized uh their their family's resting place it's bordered by some granite some lime some some marble some type of border is is around their family's plot and it has pillars that outline that plot and typically you'll see the family name at the base plate of of that border with two steps it's almost as though you're walking into it's a doorway walking into their family's home yeah. for eternity that's interesting you you pointed that out and i guess i didn't I never really thought of that that way, but out here, and I guess it depends on what cemeteries you've right. been to. And I usually, I've been to a few. I mean, I, I do enjoy going to cemeteries, but this one particularly, you're right. It almost seemed like neighborhoods. It did, you know, like it, there, it is. It's very interesting how there's avenues and neighborhoods and families that and, live in. And neighborhoods. It wasn't like a fence. It was just saying, "This is my house. Yeah, this is my family's house." And you knew the entryway because it, it's 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 marked right. by two pillars with typically with balls like you know just a, a square pillar a pillar with uh, 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 an entry almost like a doorway a uh, uh, invisible door but you know that it's there because you have two steps mm -hmm. and a name and then it's like you're walking into their house it's yeah it's amazingly beautiful it is it truly is and it it, it almost in a way transport you back into time it's interesting i'm listening to our words and even when we were talking earlier and you know we've talked a lot off pod too i wish we could just capture it all but the language that's coming out of our mouth is beautiful right. majestic honor a peaceful i haven't heard either one of us one time say scary Honky. You know, Dirty. weird. Yeah, yeah. Um, now, why is that? Because I mean, okay, cemeteries are a great tool for horror movies, and yeah. and they they're almost like for some. And I don't know this; I can't get in the mind of everybody. But I know that when I talk have, talk about the subject with some people, they want to change the subject, right? Because it's um, seems morbid. Mm -hmm. And I just don't have that feeling, and it doesn't seem like you do either. I don't. I mean, the reality of it is, uh, from the time we start breathing. We start dying. Yeah, I mean, and death is inevitable. You know, the the old saying and, and joke goes: the two things that are guaranteed in life are death and taxes. I mean, yeah, you're going. We're we're all going to end up somewhere. And, and the the great thing and beautiful thing about Orange Grove, and and I guess any other cemetery as well, um, is you've got very predominant families that that help orchestrate and 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 build Lake Charles. You know, some of the pioneering families here next to ordinary people like you and I. And I'm happy, I know it. If you're like me, then you've got a long wish list of things you need to do around your house, things you just can't get to. It's not that I don't want to do them, but between my responsibilities at work, producing this show, and squeezing in some valuable mental downtime, I can't seem to get around to fixing the small stuff, and the big stuff is just waiting in line. To be honest, it kind of stresses me out, 
maybe you're stressing out too. Well, stress no more because I've got good news. My friend Ben Von Duke has started a handyman service and he takes the mystery out of getting these things done. Ben Von Duke is not just some guy that calls himself handy. He knows what he's doing and he knows a whole lot. Not only is he an experienced and professional carpenter, but he's kind of a duke of all trades. What I love is that he's created an a la carte price list of services so you don't have to worry about getting in your pockets too deep before you're ready. He'll fix your running toilet, install appliances, replace fixtures, install ceiling fans, repair sheetrock and concrete, and a whole lot more than that. Look, I'm not too proud to say this, but sometimes it takes me three times as long to fix something because I've got to get online and search videos just to figure out what tools I need. Then I have to go buy the tools that I don't have and then kind of sort of come home and do the job. I don't have to do that anymore because Ben Von Duke will do it and do it better. On top of all that, he's just a good person, someone you can trust. He's honest, he's kind, and those are things that I value highly, and I bet you do too. You can get a hold of Ben Von Duke, the Duke of all trades, the good old-fashioned way, by using the phone. Call or text Ben at 337-540-1355. That's 337-540-1355. He'll send you his service and price list, and trust me, his prices are more than fair. And do me a favor. When you do message Ben at 337-540-1355, tell him you heard about the Duke of all trades on Find the Good News. Yeah, and you took me at the beginning when we first got here. We went for a little walk, and I was just, one, amazed at how much you knew. And now to know that it was just less been less than a year since you've been doing this, you've really acquired a lot, of, a lot of knowledge. But my ignorance about cemeteries was that the center of the cemetery would be the oldest space. But what you showed me here at Orange Grove is that the oldest space is actually up by the main entrance. It is. It, that was kind of like the prime real estate. And it's really... That space is very interesting because you and I were having that talk. There are some graves there that are completely and totally covered and overgrown right. with all, all kinds of vegetation. Right. Yeah, you don't don't know who's under there. You'd have to tear all of that out. Yeah, and and who was it that was up there that you had pointed out that you said was very uh, special? You had actually sought that grave out. I mean, you did the homework. Uh, I think it was H. C. Python. Um, yes, that's, I think that's right. I think and that's he doesn't what you told even me. have a uh, headstone. It doesn't have a date of death. It doesn't have a date of birth. It has H.C. Python. Yeah. And it almost looks as though within the concrete, um, someone took a sharp object and kind of wrote his name out, it inscribed it. Um, very simple. And, and he, he comes from a, very, a family that has a lot of roots and heritage right here in Lake Charles that helped pioneer uh, what we call home you know his, yeah. his his i don't know the ex, the exact um uh, bloodline but i know that his family married into the salier family which charles salier was one of the first settlers here in lake charles who lake charles was at first named charlie's lake oh i didn't and, know that and it, it was named after charles salier okay and then it became lake charles i see i didn't know that it was called charlie's lake yeah i've never heard that yeah. before a lot Interesting. of history. I'm an, Adley Cormier was on my show, and uh, I, he, he's. Yeah, have you ever met Adley? I haven't. Man, he is like this just living 
cornucopia of knowledge about Lake Charles, and he talked a lot about Orange Grove Cemetery. I actually think Adley's going to enjoy listening to this because he he has a um, uh, place in his heart for Orange yeah. Grove as well. But yeah, I know he I, I kind of bring him up because I'm like, hey, I didn't hear Adley say that. You know, and there's there's a lady that that uh, that I recently cleaned uh, her her family's uh, plots, and they they were. Um, they were a pioneering family, uh, and and I love having her come out and just visit with me yeah. while I'm cleaning, because she has so much knowledge, and she she knew that it's not just W. T. Burton or Ethel Burton that the Burton Coliseum is named after. Yeah. She knew them. Right. She actually knew the Actual. people. Yeah, she okay. knew the you know she knew these people, and and and. You know, the Millers, where Millers Avenue in Westlake is named after, or just she knew these people personally. And, you know, I'm a firm believer that if if we're not taught our history, then it kind of is forgotten and we we lose it. Absolutely. If we don't teach our kids, you know, my son and I came out yesterday around five o'clock and uh, put out small American flags into the houses. Which, no, the houses, yeah, yeah let's talk about that. What are those? That's that's one thing that is uh, very unique to uh, to, to Calcasieu Parish. And uh, you won't go anywhere else in Louisiana, or in the nation for that matter, and find these uh, these veteran houses, as they're called. Um, they're so, s- they look like a Monopoly house. Yeah, and for the listener, which we're going to have some video components to the road trip episode, but for the listener, though, they, they do look like a little Monopoly house. It's a little concrete house-shaped block that's sitting up on the grave. And it's interesting because, as you were pointing out to me, and I'm, I'm looking at two of them right now from where I'm sitting, mm-hmm. um, and they're, they just... Yeah, like just look like a little monopoly house, and I would have just just yeah, (laughs) and I would have just walked right by those and thought I wouldn't have really thought it odd or anything special about it. But you were saying you and your son came out and put flags in them, so why did y'all put? Well, there's a little hole at the top. I'm going to read you a little snippet that uh, that that I found. Uh, That's just a brief history on the the house, uh, the veterans' house, and how it came about in Lake Charles. Um, so it begins with, there are so many mo- monuments and memorials to generals and units of the Confederacy throughout the South. The, in- the individual soldier is usually remembered solely by his headstone. If he has no government-issued marker, his service goes unnoted. In 1917, a group of veterans, Confederate, Federal, Spanish-American War, and World War, placed flags on the graves of all veterans in 52 cemeteries in Calcasieu Parish, Louisiana. They were appalled at the condition of many of the cemeteries and the lack of markers at the majority of the veterans' graves. They chose L.L. Squires, son-in-law of John McNeese, to oversee the making of all the veteran graves in Calcasieu Parish. Since many of the cemeteries were covered with briars and vines, reclamation work was the first order of business. Once reclamation was complete, each veteran's grave was marked with a wooden stake. The last of the process was to find an appropriate marker which with to mark the graves of the veterans from all wars, 1812, Mexican, wars between the state, Spanish-American, and World War. A concrete marker was designed and produced locally. The names of the designers and suppliers of the houses are not known, but Mr. L. L. Squires paid for the first markers personally. The Spanish-American War, Vet- War Veterans Group Joe Wheeler Camp began paying for them later. In 1930, 
the Calcasieu Memorial Association was founded and received $200 from the Calcasieu Parish Police Jury to purchase markers. Thus, the Veterans House of Calcasieu Parish was born. The markers measure 12 inches wide, 8 inches deep, and two inches, uh, 12 inches high. There are two holes in the top of the houses for flag placement. The markers identify the veteran service as follows. 1812, for the War of 1812, uh, Confederate UCV, Federal, which is the Union uh, soldiers, G-A-R, MEX, M-E-X, for the Mexican War, USWV or SPAM for the Spanish-American War, and WWV for World, World War veteran. By May of 1942, Mr. Squires had overseen the making of 650 veterans' graves in the 52 cemeteries in Calcasieu Parish. These markers remain today not only as a monument to the veterans' service, but to one person who cared and followed through with what he believed to be the right thing to do. We in Calcasieu Parish, Louisiana are quite proud of our veteran houses, and there's no mistaking that when you drive or walk through one of our cemeteries, you will see one. Yeah, well, that's actually... That's true because now that's kind of all I can see. You know, it's yeah. interesting because at first, until you pointed them out, I had been even when we were walking to the front of the cemetery, I'd walked right by them. And then when you explained it to me as we were walking back, it kind of jumped out at me. Yeah. A lot of things now, just sitting here, just from that short time we spent at the beginning, are really jumping out at me. You know, because with with it being made of concrete, concrete gets dirty. Think of your driveway. So if it's uh, against a, 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 a somewhat dirty headstone you may not see it it kind of just blends in yeah so it doesn't stand out that's right that's but right. once it's clean and you see that little american flag that's what draws your attention that's what catches your eye and that's what my son Jacques and i were doing yesterday we um i'd say okay i see a house and he would say oh dad can i go put it in i can put that one in how old's your son he's, he's three. Oh wow man you know and and my daughter uh jean claire she uh I, I bring them out often to to come and and clean, you know, they, they enjoy it. As crazy as it sounds, but if we don't, I, I'm a firm believer that if we don't teach them early to, to, to embrace life, to embrace death, to take care of your family even when they're, they're gone, yeah, they don't know any better. If, they, if they're not taught any better, they don't know any better. So this is going to get kind of personal, <laughs> if you don't mind, but so where does that start for you? I mean, is, it doesn't, can't just have started here that day. No, I just, uh, I really, for 15 years being in, 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 uh, in the corporate world, um, I just kind of got tired of being an, a number on an Excel document, so to speak, or a quota in a territory. Um, yeah, the money was great, but nothing can replace that, that, that feeling in your heart where you really feel like you have a purpose. I mean, what, what, what's your legacy going to be? Mm. Oh, he, he was... He went to doctor's offices and, and, and supplied simple drugs. That's great. That's amazing because some people have a desire for that. And I'm, look, I'm not knocking anyone's profession because I loved it at the time. But somewhere it didn't fulfill me. Mm. Personally. Yeah. Um, it didn't bring the joy that I, I, in a way, hungered for. Yeah. Um, when did that hunger start? When I, I'm an instant gratification kind of person. So, you know, to, to pressure wash my concrete at my house, in my driveway, you see, you don't know how black it is or how dirty it is until you see a portion of it's clean. Yeah. Last summer, uh, my wife and I had, she, she was like, well, let's just, let's pressure wash right here. And we have a 60 foot driveway. So 
We pressure wash right in front of the garage and it's white. Like it's clean, it looked like it had just been poured. And next to it is black. She was like, well, we can't stop there. You gotta keep going. You gotta keep going. So in a way, when I cleaned that first two, you know, those first two headstones that were black and became white as snow, I was like, oh, well, like I said, I, it's very interesting. I've got to do, I, I can't just leave this one because he died too serving yeah. our country. He served our country just like this this man did. This guy this gets me thinking about people's gifts, you know. Like I think, and, and this is a conversation that's it's kind of been going on in some of my circles over the last few weeks, and it's about, you know, everybody has a part to play. And what I mean by that is there are a lot of problems in the world, right? right. I mean, on, on it's multidimensional. And you, every direction you look, I mean, and I'm not talking... L- just turning a circle up right. down uh, every 10 directions you can find a cause yeah you know we we've got environmental problems we've got uh, psychological problems we've got financial problems we've got uh just you name it okay right. I'm, I'm not gonna get all the problems and sometimes we can think the thing that we're focusing on is the problem if you see that's because it's something we're focused on but underneath that umbrella that one thing is just like 40 or 50 or 100 or 1,000 other things. Right. And so somebody out there has something about them. I always love to think about this. Something is unique about somebody out there and something that they don't even think of as a gift. They just think of as a character trait. Like you said this, uh, you said, I like instant gratification. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you're cleaning your driveway and you're like, okay, we can't stop here. We got to go here. Well, some people could say, so what? Right. So you like to so you, so you clean that and you just got to keep going. That's a character trait. Right. But what's happened with that character trait with you is that has now come out here and turned into a gift. Right. I think that's fascinating. Like nobody's nobody's sitting in their house going, "Man, there's a bunch of mess of, you know what I mean? It's like it's a, it's a this isn't a problem." Right. But it is from a certain perspective. Right. Right? And your gift is your character trait. And you've been called to do that thing that you have. I just think that's awesome, man. And, and when, when you say calling, I don't take that word lightly because I had a roadmap, a career path. I, you know, I had planned it out. I'd, I'd, I went to college from 8 to 12. I worked from 1230 to 8 for four years, graduated, moved into sales. Moved, I mean, I, by the time I was 40, 45, I wanted to have XYZ boxes checked. Yeah. And, you know, that old saying, you plan, God laughs. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Well, there was a, God had a different plan for me. um, Because had you have asked me 10 years ago where I would be today, the last place would be in a cemetery talking to Oren Porker about cleaning graves. Wild, right? Would not, that would have not even been on my maybe list, you know. Yeah. I wanted to be, you know, I, I wanted to live the American dream in what I thought it was, through the eyes of what I th- what yeah. I thought the American dream was. Where did that come from? I mean, I, I, I want to know because I'm fascinated by this. I talk about this all the time. I I've struggled with the American dream because I I can't have it. Right. I, I don't, and I I don't. I think the American dream just comes. It, it, it's all about be. It's finding your happy place. Like it's it's. I know it sounds simple, and you know, uh, I've been told many a time to keep it simple, stupid. Mm, don't sure. overthink it. Whatever. But what they, was it to you, the American dream? Like, was it a wife, kids, wife, a house, kids, car, you know, financial being stability, able to, stability, having, having, being able to provide for my family? You know, yeah. my, my father was a uh, was a rice farmer for 35 years, and you know, the one thing I, I'm the youngest of five by 10 years. So, you know, my older four siblings are the twins are 10 years older than me. So, okay. oh, I was okay. in, a, in a in a sense an only child because there's you. 10 years there's a 10 years gap a 10 year gap. So, my the twins are 
48 or 47 and I'm 37. So when I was eight years old, they moved out. So it was, it was in essence, I was an only child. Yeah. And you know, my dad worked hard, you know, he left the house at four 30 in the morning and worked until five o'clock in the afternoon. And, and Saturdays and Sundays he worked, he would go check his rice fields. I mean, he, he was a man's man. And, and, um, he, he took pride in, in what he did, you know, uh, as do a lot of everyday people just like you and I they take pride in what they do no matter what little part of the world they're they're doing it whether it be selling rice or, or forming rice forming beans whatever they're doing they're making you know that that's that's hopefully that's their happy place that's their American dream because for me I what I thought my American dream was was really just a fad it was a it was it was just something that I had almost programmed in my own mind that I don't want to have to worry about financial stability yeah. for my family. I don't want to have to worry about this. So I'm going to go to college, and I don't want to work out in the heat. Right. I don't want to have to uh, work a show. I don't want to have to, you know, sweat because it's only like lug a, 15 yeah, gallon no, jugs. No, out and clean. I, I don't yeah. no. So I'm going to go to college, and I'm going to get a good job to where I can work inside, <laughs> and I cannot have to do that. I saw what it what the toll it took on my father, and not that I did. I want to take these way out. I just want it. I knew that I wanted, and he wanted better. Yeah, you I know, think fathers parents, want that better, yeah, want better for their. Yeah, if, if you're if you're a a reasonable parent, I mean, you're going to want better for your children than what right. you had. You want to be a better person for them, or going to give them right. the opportunity. Yeah, and and so my American dream was okay. Well, I've got to have A, B, and C to be happy. Right. Well, you get A. Well, then B, C come along. Well, then guess what? I'm still not happy. I need D. Uh, well, what's D? Right, right. Then you start making you, you start making things harder and more difficult and searching and chasing. Yeah. And then you get lost. I got lost. Yeah. I got lost in the whole hustle and bustle and the whole I need this to keep up with that and and I've got to have this X Y Z house and I've it and it never ends. It never right? ends. Right. It's like a you never find yourself hole. happy. Yeah. No, you're happy I mean, briefly. You're you're briefly happy, but that's really not happiness. That's more just contentment disguised as happiness. And I'm happy. I know it. I'm Look, as much as I enjoy talking on Find the Good News about making a change, I'd be less than honest if I didn't admit that change is hard sometimes. I should get more quiet time. I should exercise more, walk more, sleep more. And the one thing that I know I should do without a doubt is eat better healthier and fresher but there's a wide berth between knowing something and actually doing something about it i love to cook but just like those other should do's i don't always make the time this is where i have to tell you about fresh fuel because it takes procrastination out of my way fresh fuel is a fresh take on getting healthy wholesome and satisfying foods in your life as a kickstarter to critical change that lasts when you sign up for a Fresh Fuel program at thefreshfuel.com, you'll find tiers for your specific level of can't get up and go. I know I found mine. My friend and founder of Fresh Fuel, Megan Abraham, wants to do one thing and one thing only. She wants you and your family to eat healthier, delicious, home-cooked meals. That's it. With Fresh Fuel, Megan has taken all of the I can't do it out of putting better meals in front of the people you care about. And she's quick to remind that one of those people should include you. 
Go to thefreshfuel.com and choose the program that's right for you. Megan provides you with the recipes, supply lists, links, videos, goals, and very important here, access to the Fresh Fuel Facebook group where you can connect with other fresh fuelers, real people just like you and me making the same journey. What I love most about meal prepping with Fresh Fuel is that you don't have to do it alone. Megan is right there with you every step of the way making the same changes you are. Fresh Fuel isn't a diet. It's a life change for those of us that just have trouble changing. Since I signed up for Fresh Fuel, I'm cooking more, eating better, and honestly, I'm feeling better too. I believe in Fresh Fuel so much that I asked Megan to offer Find the Good News listeners a chance to try it out at a discount. Just go to thefreshfuel.com, select one of Megan's signature programs, Fresh Fuel 28, the 28 Plus, or the 28 Pro plan, and then enter the code GOODNEWS to get 10% off your program. That's 10% off a Fresh Fuel signature program by visiting thefreshfuel.com and entering the code GOODNEWS. Fresh Fuel has been good news in my life, and I'm betting that thefreshfuel.com will be good news for you too. In Buddhism, there's this symbol, and it's called the hungry ghost. And there are these creatures that have, if you if you see drawings or paintings of them, they have needle thin necks and right. mouths, but their bottom is right. a big like drop in a belly, <laughs> and so their hunger can never, never ever be filled. They're, yeah. They can't fit it fit through the little hole fast nope. enough. So you know, my sense of American dream was, what's and, and I know it's it's it, this may sound cliche, but. What's your legacy going to be? Yeah, what are you what, leaving? What, what am I going to leave? What what am I? What are they going to say at your funeral? What I mean, I know we're talking about. <laughs> no, it's, it's true. No I think about intended, this a lot. You're right. You're right. What are they going to say about me when I'm gone? What 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 did I did I make a difference? Did I try to make a difference? Yeah. Did I leave a footprint where I made a small difference? I'm, I I I know that I can't change the world, and and no one person can. But did I did I do right, or did I do what I could do with what God gave me? The gift and talent that he gave me and it doesn't take a talented person to clean a grave or it really doesn't it takes more desire desire it takes it takes a, a hunger to to give to to provide a service to it, it's not a it's it's anyone can clean a grave it, that that's the reality of it i mean there's some people that not everyone's an engineer not everyone can can be a doctor not everyone can be a you know a, a certain profession because they may not have that intellectual level or, or that 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 desire but it doesn't take a whole lot of um, brains to clean a grave as simple as it as it sounds it has been more fulfilling for me personally than my years in sales and I, I'm a, I am such a people person and, and <laughs> it's funny I say that because I will talk to a brick wall, and chances are it'll talk back to me. My wife tells me all the time, Chris, just stop and listen. And you know, it's it's. In fact, that you kind of kind of led on to. Okay, well, let's 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 not talk about all that right now because I'm not recording it. You know. Yeah. So, so what he's referencing talk. to the to the listener, we were actually, you know, we're out here for these road trip episodes. We're actually filming in the environment, and we're going to do the activity just to let people know you've actually invited me to help you do the service right. today so i'm going to be kind of half helping half filming and so as we were getting started we were about to get started doing the actual service and we were having a great conversation i said hey 
We need to stop. Just kind of stop for a minute. Let's do the talk first because what's going to happen is we're going to talk the about whole time everything. we're working and then have to do it again. Yep. So, yeah, this is uh, – and, again, this is new for me too because I haven't done one of these yet. But I, I it makes sense. But you, you do have a passion, and it's in you probably about anything that you, you get your focus on, huh? It really is. Yeah, I can I, see I that. Do. You know, I mean, if, if – it's, uh, it's a blessing and a curse. You know, how's it a bless? I want to talk about that. Like, how's it a blessing first, and then how- tell a me about blessing the blessing because you have you you have that passion. Yeah, you because passion done, is hard. Right? You're right. You going. see you see the fruits of your labor. Yeah, and a curse is you can't say no. Mm. <laughs> you clean the you, you uh, case in point. I clean one veteran, and I couldn't just stop there. You know, yeah. it, I do not like to tell people no. I understand because, that it, because yeah. I I just and it, it it's it almost. It, nine times out of ten, when you do commit to something or, or, or not have that trait of not being able to say no, it's really a bad trait because when that, that's the curse of it because you kind of let them down if you can't come through with it. So it's a yeah. blessing and a curse. Having the passion for it and not being able to say no. Yeah. Not being able to stop, kind of like I said with the Lay's potato chips, you, you can't just stop after one of them. You know, you just you feel compelled to, or I felt compelled to just go to the next one. Well, a passion, you know, that word's interesting because it can be used in a negative way. I, and I, th- I think about that word quite a bit. A passion, though, in a positive way, will help you see something through. Oh, absolutely. To the end. And I think in a way, when I was, a few years ago, I was kind of contemplating that word because I was thinking, why do we call it the passion of the Christ? Why do we right. use that word, his passion? Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know, I need to think about this because I mean, I know, I know what it means in general and you can just blow right by. Cause he could have stopped. Could have stopped. And that's where I was he like, didn't. a passion is like a little furnace that says, I'm going to keep going. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get through this. I'm going to make it happen. I'm going to get want to the end. I have a passion. Mm-hmm. I'm going to, it's driving you in, in, in against all odds. Right. You know, as as you sit here and say that, it real and and just hearing it out loud, it kind of reaffirms. He could have stopped. Yeah, he could have said, "Man, it's too hard. It's too much." Yeah, and you could stop doing this. Right. You could go. I can find yeah, I'm kind of done with yeah. this. It's too hard. I'm tired. Now I'm getting. Yeah. I'm tired. I didn't. I said I didn't want haul. So I didn't work in the sun. Right. Now I'm working in the sun. What am I doing? So it's funny because you know I'll, I'll see some some friends or family. What you doing these days? I'm playing graves, and they just kind of look at me like, "What?" <laughs> Well, there's a little bit more to it. You know, it, it's hard yeah. for someone to fathom. And it goes back to, you know, supply <laughs> and demand. Okay. Right. It's very difficult. I, as, as easy as I said, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to clean a grave. But physically or, you know, based on equipment, you, you need water. You need stamina. You need commitment. You need passion. Yeah. And yeah. those things you are, are essential in order to be successful in anything you do. But... Especially as something as um, not maybe compelling is to well, it's not glamour work. right. It's well, not glamour work. That's another it's, subject. It's not. It's it's not like you know you get a badge of honor and that's that's, that's right. You, you don't get. I don't get that a boy, and I, I don't want that a boy. No, I mean, look, I get man. What I mean, I feel in my heart is completely worth. It. I mean, Chris. We're alone in here. We are. This is a big piece of property, <laughs> and is. we are absolutely alone now. Yeah. Outside. You know, you got Broad Street and the other surrounding streets. It's very interesting, I think. In fact, I can barely hear that. I know. I thought, we're going to get in here, we're going to have all kinds of noise, and I can actually all hear is no. birds and the breeze. Yeah. But out there, man, and, and right now, we're both kind of taking a break from that world, and it's like that that's what's going on out there is getting a little bit of that, 
getting a little bit of that, that boosty boost, yeah. you know, it's like, Hey, you know, I feel good. I'm a, uh, I'm getting a little attention. I'm somebody, right. um, Hey, my, my coffers are full, you know? And I mean, we all go through it when you get out there, but you get in here, something else starts working on you, you know? And it's, it's something, it's weird because it's like, I know you're looking at like this, uh, you're looking at, you know, these blackened graves and maybe broken grave headstones and things moved around and just things that need to be cobwebs and vines yeah. and all this stuff. And there's nothing glamorous about it, but man, how is that filling you up? in a whole nother way that, that somebody giving you an award right ain't gonna it, do it it, it, it it'll, it'll be stuck on a shelf right i got i you know i was successful at what i did you know it it, it didn't it, it it's a temporary fulfillment and it, for me it was it's that hunger of always wanting something more and and i guess it's that same hunger that i that i'm using to fuel this passion because i can see the beauty come back yeah i i and and in this cemetery and and this is one i I like to work in the most is because it's so peaceful you won't find this anywhere else or i haven't found it anywhere else besides orange grove and graceland it's we're sitting under majestic 150 year old oak trees that are just gorgeous and and not two or three of them. You're looking at 25 or 30 or 40 of them. Uh, sitting among some of the people that helped develop and, and pioneer the place we call home. Yeah. 200 years ago. Right. That were so impactful to our culture today. I mean, we're, we're sitting among some of the greatest people to ever live in this area. Yeah. We it's, drive down the streets yeah. that have their names. Right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it, that, it, it's it's. I mentioned that it's yeah. it's crazy. Those are those aren't just names. Those are actually families. Yeah, and they're named because those families did something important and and impactful. Something special, man. As you were just sitting here talking, I don't know something. I don't remember what it was you said, but I was just thinking about how, and I guess it's just a metaphor. What you're doing is a great symbol of just the inner work that we can do on ourselves, right? Because you know, you come out here and you see a grave. And, I mean, you took me by many of them, which we're going to show the listeners in, in the video, where they really look pretty bad. I mean, yeah. I mean, some of them look like they'd been burned or pulled out of a volcano, mm-hmm. really. Mm-hmm. And what you've done is you bring that back. I mean, that pristine state, that white as snow. And you never know that, that never it looked know. like that before. I just can't. I don't know. Your story as you're sharing it and just listening to you talk, I'm going, man, look at you. You, too, are like what you're actually doing mm-hmm. to these stones. I mean, you you went after A, B, mm-hmm. C, D, got lost on the way. And fell, you yeah. Know, you know, you got vines and you got leaves and you got the the soot and the, the mold and the black. The and, it, and it just starts to rest on you. <laughs> and you start to feel like you look at yourself in the mirror. And I'm just I'm throwing this on you. I don't know if this is true. But, I mean, you can look at yourself in the mirror because I've been there and go, is this who I am now? Right. But you don't have to stay that way, right? At all. You no. can do the same work. You have to, but you got to have a little bit of passion for it and do that work, and you can get yourself back to that pristine state, you know. And you can find your happy place, and you can you can have your your own American dream. You can make your dream, whatever it is, whatever, whatever it, is. it is. Right? There's no, you know, the American dream is so just thrown. The the word is thrown out there so so randomly. But what is it? Right, and it's different. It's different for, for every everyone. American. 
Exactly. Right. What, what, what's your dream? Well, your dream may be financial stability or your dream may be X, Y, Z. And that's okay. If you're happy, whatever makes you happy because you know what? At the end of the day, tomorrow isn't guaranteed. Well, that's what we're sitting, that's we're right. sitting right. among Proof people. Proof positive. That, that, that's right. You know, the, the, the graves that we're going to claim today, the two, um, it's, a, it's a man who fought in the, uh, in, in the war. And he caught the Spanish flu. And he came back from the war. And his fiance cared for him. She took care of him, as any good fiance, any good wife, mother. You know, so they would weren't do. married. They weren't married yet. They had planned their future. He was off at war. They had planned their future to when he came back. They were gonna be married and and live a long, happy life and grow old, rocking on the front porch of their house, like we all hope and dream. And some of us are grateful enough to have that, to experience that. She cared for him and caught the Spanish flu. From him. From him. And she died a week after he passed. Man. It's a tragic love story, if you really think of it. Tragedy at its worst, but a love story at its best. Because the love that she had for him, in caring for him, she sacrificed her own life, essentially. Because in, in caring for him, it cost her her life yeah so that's the tragedy of it but the beauty of it is she loved him enough to sacrifice her life it's interesting because this story of these two graves that we're gonna of the people people's graves that we're gonna be cleaning i I was just having this conversation with my daughter yesterday um and then and then with some other people that are close to me that i work with as well um we had had a vehicle accident about a month ago and the my the vehicle she drives has been in the shop and so she's been in a rental car. Well, yesterday we went and picked the vehicle up. And uh, we were driving to go bring the rental car back. And then uh, she got hit by another car in the rental car. <laughs> oh, and so, wow. you know, I told and, and I wasn't with her when it happened. And she called me and she said, you know, it's just why does this stuff keep happening to me? And I said, you know, I said, I think that's a huge mistake sometimes that we can make. I said, it feels like things are happening to us. But the perspective that I that is more peaceful and more comforting to me is that things aren't happening to us. Things just happen. And sometimes things happen and they align and they make us feel like right. something like we're cursed or that there's some kind of luck or that there's something being placed upon us. And I said, but sometimes it just is that bad three, three bad things happen in a row and it's coincidence and it isn't that you're being punished it's just that that's the way it happened and it's like, so you don't need to and that you're involved in it and action was taken and there was a result these two people you could say oh that that's um bad fate or bad luck it's not it's just she chose to love him and care for him and she caught his flu and she died and it right. is a tragedy but it right. wasn't like a fade or a curse or right i don't know and i think it's it's sometimes hard for us because we want to place uh when bad things happen like that we can we want to look outside and go right. oh why did this happen and we don't want to use the word beautiful no a beautiful tragedy right right, right, that's, right, like a, right. that's an oxymoron <laughs> right you right, know right, right. how can you use be- beautiful and tragedy in the same sentence and being and compare them equally well it is beautiful yeah and i think about that about the dead a lot man i mean being out here, I mean, just being a full full disclosure, open and honest. When I am in a place like this, I, I do. I think, am I valuing mm-hmm. my life? I mean, I have obtained human existence. 
You know, I get to be a human being, man. I mean, I get to touch and taste and think and feel and love and do all this stuff. And without this body, I don't get to taste a meal. I don't get to hear a song. I don't get to smell a flower. I don't get to do any of that stuff. I mean, without my brain, I don't get to have emotions and I don't get to love. And and I think, am I... These people don't have that anymore. Their bodies, their body is beneath us. Right. And but yet, you know, like we talked again off pod. Uh, I don't think of the dead as the dead. I think of them as the living right. in a different way. But I guess I don't know, man. I can go on and on about this, but I guess I just think it's a great meditation to go. Am I valuing my existence? Well, and the thing about it is, th- at the end of the day, this is where it all ends. Yeah. For this earth. Uh, for, Dust you shall yeah. return. I mean, it's you the know, truth. There, That's right. I believe personally that there's there's more to life after, after this. After this, But yeah. at the end of the day, no matter how much you attain, obtain in life, how much wealth you create, how much things you acquire, how many toys you get, at the end of the day, we're all going to have the same place to, to, we're all going to the ground or, or to dust. And I'm happy. You're driving down the road, everything is going just fine. You're listening to the new episode of Find the Good News in Your Car, and you're all stoked about trying out this zipper merge thing you've been hearing about, when all of a sudden, you hear that sickening tap on your windshield that's just a little too loud. I've got some bad news for you. You've just got yourself a rock chip. Unfortunately, I've got some worse news. If you don't take care of that rock chip, it's going to turn into a crack. But I do have some good news too. You don't have to have a rock chip or a crack because I've got a way for you to take care of it ASAP. If you go to asapglassco.com right now, you can stop that chip from winding across your windshield like the Calcasieu River. I used to be terrible about getting a rock chip, saying I'll take care of that later, and then later turns into this irritating crack that just spreads from one side of my windshield to the other. I should have taken care of it ASAP by scheduling a repair with ASAP Glass. ASAP Glass is local, right here in Sulphur, Louisiana, and they're mobile. Even better, you can get a quote right from your mobile phone at ASAPGlassCo.com. ASAP Glass is owned and operated by two of my best friends, lifelong friends, Dan and Kayla Smith. Dan the Glass Man will make sure his team of glass technicians gets to your job ASAP and make sure it's done right so you can keep that windshield crack out of sight. If you do get that rock chip and you don't take care of it ASAP, that's okay. ASAP Glass does complete windshield replacements. Remember, ASAP Glass is mobile, so you don't have to worry about finding time to drop your vehicle off at their shop. You get your quote at ASAPGlassCo.com. Make your appointment with Kayla, and then before long, an ASAP Glass van is on its way to your location. That's it. I know you're probably looking at a rock chip right now. Don't wait. Take care of it ASAP. Go to asapglassco.com on your mobile device and get a quote. That's asapglassco.com. And make sure to tell Dan and Kayla you heard about ASAP Glass on Find the Good News. So, I mean, I want to share that. I want, you know, I, I, I... it's taken me 20 years or 15 years to, to develop that passion. It's not something that just was bam, it happened. Um, it's almost a sense you got to hit rock bottom and really kind of find yourself to, to know where, 
where you were and where you're going and where you want to be and where you where you don't want to be and yeah and it to me personally it boils down to one word and that's choice you yeah know, we get a choice you do yeah you can wake up every morning and and say to yourself I'm going to make it the best day possible or you can just look at everything and go, oh that person ran a red or he passed me up honked it. I mean we could look at any facet of life and, and be ticked off or, or frustrated or letting someone steal your joy yeah oh so you're easy you're not stealing too, my joy so I'll easy. wave at you I used to be the one to get out and you know or, or honk the horn or, or but you know what maybe that person's in our hurry to get somewhere I yeah. don't know their st- I don't know what what their problem is. They may have to get to the emergency room to see a loved one. You know. I, well, you can't fight evil can't, with evil. You no. have to you have to and defeat it with good. That I is, mean. you know, Pope Saint John Paul II said that. Uh, he said that, you know, our natural instinct as humans, we tend to want to fight evil with evil. Yeah, retaliate. Retaliate. Yeah. And that's just not the way that God, my God, wants us to to to, li- to live life. You know. Right. And you, right, I, 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 you know, you and I went on a, a similar on the same retreat, and 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 for me, the divine mercy was such a powerful thing in my life. And when I think about that word mercy alone, just that one right. word, I think you know, when I have when somebody hurts me, even if they don't know they're hurting right. me, or if we, or if there's something happening that's negative, or especially when it's surrounded with an individual, because all life is just relationships. I mean, that's where the bulk of our sufferings come from. Is just our own minds first of all and then relationship with others people are going to people especially people that are closer to you because you've opened your rib cage you right. know they can really get in there and stick exposed. you you're exposed but if i can and it's be, take on that practice of going okay can i show mercy and compassion even though it goes against like my initial instinct the more i do that the more that muscle of mercy just gets mm-hmm. bigger and stronger and then instead, my now, and it's crazy because I'm about to cry right now talking about it. Because, And you know why I think I'm about to cry? Because cause it's getting in there. Because it's right. the truth. It is. That that mercy, I, I will. I would rather fall down and cry in front of somebody that's hurting me now or, and, and just hug them be, and pour out that on them than retaliate. And it's strange because that's not our normal human instinct. That's not human instinct. But that's what will change. And, and I think if, if we all catch a blaze like that and that kind of spreads in the world, if everybody's just doing that, I think there's a lot of things that can end. And coming out here and doing what you're doing is a good way to get into that space. Absolutely. And, you, you know, you mentioned you know, our, our own human innate fight or flight. You know, what do we gain from loving someone who loves us? It's right. easy to love your kids because your oh, kids yeah. love you. It's right. easy to love your wife because your wife loves you. It's hard to love someone you don't like. Right. It's it hard. is. That's where your true reward comes from is loving someone who's hurt you. Loving someone who has done you wrong. I mean, that's or, hard. It is. It's, it, that's where the challenge comes in, but that's also where the reward and grace for me, because grace is... is, is is given from God is is being able to humble ourselves to the point of His humility. Yeah, and and love your neighbor. 
Something else that I find, and you mentioned it earlier, you were talking about how you said you like instant gratification or you're drawn to that. And like, it, and it's a, it's a part of you. And I get that because I live in that world being in advertising. It's very instant, right. you know, it's got to move, it's got to go. There's a deadline. Even taking a day off to do something like this is like hard for maybe other people to comprehend. Like this, this has no value. You're not, you're not shaking money out of the tree. Right. You know, we're not, you know, and I go, this is just, it's important work. And I say all that to mean, though, that a lot of times we want things on our timetable. But like a person that you love back who's maybe hurt you. I've experienced this in my own life where there's somebody who a lot of people go, hey, I've given up hope on them. Or I'm just kind of pushing them out or I'm casting them out even. Mm -hmm. And man, yeah, they're hurting me too. And go in that extra link to go, yeah, this isn't easy. To, you're not easy to love. Well, let me take that back. You're easy to love. You're just not easy to be around right. to love. So I can love you from afar, not, not up close. But I found that by making that effort, as hard as it may have been, now on their timetable, not my timetable, they're changing. Right. Not not maybe, maybe because of my action or God's action or love or what have you. I don't know why, but whatever it is, they're changing. What's well, amazing when you change the direction of the conversation, the other person kind of follows in eventually in what i've experienced in life you know we can sit there no one typically wants you, you know no one wants to hear anything good about anybody else it's always you know well, it's not juicy it's not juicy it's not it's not gossip but when you read it well yeah they did something but i've heard they've done better or, or they're you know he, he's trying or she's trying it, it's when you redirect that into a positive aspect people tend to look at life differently yeah because let's face it where we where we're sitting right now we're not guaranteed tomorrow no and and i don't want to waste a day i've 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 wasted a many a days as i'm sure we all have um but personally me i don't want to waste my time you know i don't want to i don't want to look back on i'd read an article of, a, of this man that acquired a, a ton of money was a millionaire had everything he could have ever wanted and he, he had cancer it's it's ironic because even the wealthiest people that have everything you can't escape death and you can't escape cancer or you can you can get you can seek treatment but you may not be cured um his one regret was not being happy yeah because money we think money money makes us less stressed right right that's different i'm glad you yeah it's less stressful and look for nine months I didn't, I didn't, I did this work free. You were just doing it. Right. Yeah. 10 months. And, and just in the last three or four months have I seen a little income and that's fine. But I can tell you this, God has provided a, a way. He's made a way where I thought for a little while there was no way. But then I just said, you know what? I tried, I tried to drive the bus my, my, myself and it didn't work out so well. So I'm going to just kind of like, I'm going to see where you take me. I'm going to trust you. Mm. And you kind that's of, a hard thing. It is because we what we can't see is hard to trust. It's yeah. hard to touch. Yeah. So trusting for me was a very difficult um, or a pivotal turning point for me. Uh, and I just kind of walked out on on faith and said, you know what? You've provided so far. I trust you, Jesus. And that's yeah. where it kind of came. I mean, and he that's, has. That's uh, hard for a lot of. I say that, man, I don't know. I'm about to say something. I've got to stop saying that. A lot of people, I don't know what other people think. I don't know what's hard for them. But I know what you just said 
is a hard and a divisive thing Mm -hmm. for a lot of folks that I have met to just say, you know what? I'm just going to do this. I'm going to step off on a step off a cliff and trust in something that I don't fully understand. Right. You know, but for some reason I'm drawn to do this. And I can't see the end result. I can't see where I'm going. But I know that if I follow, for some it reason can't be bad. you feel comforted in that process. Yeah. You know. Yeah, it's, I, it's, I understand that. It's uh, it's definitely a calling because, like you said, there's. There isn't glory in in what I'm doing. To most, to me, it's it's glorifying. I feel it's selfishly, <laughs> it's very selfishly gratifying. You almost feel selfish. How, how you know, I, I talk about. I attend several retreats. Uh, I try to at least a year, and you almost feel guilty because you get more out of the retreat than the actual retreatants get. Mm. Because oh, working the working the retreat okay. because. Yeah. You know, selfishly, you're you're getting all of this. It's kind of like a re-energizer. You're, yeah. you're filling, you're filling your cup back. Yeah. That the world's kind of knocked out half. Well, empty. you think you you think of it. We typically are taught that a gift is something you receive. Right. And what's strange about what you're describing is that a get the gift is in giving yeah, away giving. the thing. Right. That's when you really get the reward. Yeah, back. you get the real reward. The trick you know? is to get. Yeah. Is to not. Yeah. It's a what hard Jesus cycle say, to give it in. all away and come follow me. Just trust yeah. me that you know sell everything you got. And I'm not telling everybody to sell everything they got, but Jesus told back, back in it, it, when when he walked, he said, "Sell everything and come follow me." And just trust, trust the fact that it's going to be okay. Yeah, and the rest of that story is the guy walked away sad because yeah. he owned a lot of things. He, right? He was he, he was, was sad. sad. He was sad, you know, because he had worked hard and acquired all that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's 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 kind of irony, you know. <laughs> right. We work hard to to ensure all of these things, but I don't personally. I don't want to be at the end of my life thinking. What did I? What could I have done differently? Yeah, and I'm sure that will be a question I will have because there's mistakes that we all make as humans. But I don't want that to be on the forefront of my mind. What? Could, how? Ha, how could I have lived my life differently? How could I have left a different impact on someone's life, or my kid's life, or my wife's life? Anyone, you know. And and. It's such an amazing um, experience because when I meet with these families that that call, uh, that reach out to me to 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 take care of their their loved ones, you hear their story. You you are you're seeing their life through their eyes, through their loved ones' eyes. You know, you're seeing these these deceased people's life and story through the person that is still here through their eyes, and it's. You hear of they were uh, a goat herder from Italy that, mm. that came and and he was a a, a, a barber at the Majestic Hotel, <laughs> or he owned a donut shop, the first the first bakery on Railroad Avenue, or he was he was one of the uh, one of the builders. Um, there were there was a lumber company and a, a contractor, and they kind of teamed up and partnered together in the early 1900s, and he built most of the houses on Kirby Street. One of them supplied the lumber, one of them built that. I mean, you hear all of these stories and you relive their, you, you get a small glimpse into a very intimate space of a family, of a loved one, because this, this 
I would have never known who Clarence or Agatha was. Right, or their story or, their or anything. You, you could have walked right by here. I right. mean, and just it would have been no story at all. Right, and and to to have because that's a very vulnerable state for people because you know, as we've talked, cemeteries often make people sad. Sure. Because it, you know, when my sister passed away and and she had lost her husband for, for about ten years before he had passed before she passed, she would go every day to the cemetery, and I told her I said. You've got to come to a point where you stop going every day because every day you're reminded that you're leaving them, you're leaving him there. Mm, you know, you're he's going not home. with, yeah, he's not with you. you. So it's okay to go and visit, you know, every other week. But every day, you'll ne- everyone has to grieve. There's a grieving process. You have to, or you'll never truly be, you'll never truly be healed, or or, or that that void will never be filled. But there's got to be a phase of that in your life. But if you go every day and you're, it, it's a, it becomes a sadness. And you never, you're reminded every time you get in your car and you drive away, you're leaving them. Right, so, right. So to, to see and sit with these people, these, these families, these compassionate, loving, caring families that want to, to have this service, you know, to, to, to restore their, their family's love, their, their, their resting place, to hear their story and to, to hear of who they were. Mm. Their their struggles, their 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 accomplishments, their legacy, and that's a huge word for me is legacy. You know, and yeah, you've said that. That's a where few I kind of the 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 name of 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 the the business that I started, Monumental Life. Any and, and in my eyes personally, any any life can be monumental. You don't have to move mountains to be monumental. Yeah, you could be doing your little thing the best thing that you can do in your little part of the of the world making the world a better place to be monumental yeah and i like that you know i mean it fits into what just in talking with you and i can't help but think about some of the things you said i mean having a monumental life and leaving a legacy and what kind of legacy you leave that's important to you i mean you were talking about your dad you know you 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 think of your dad you frame your dad in a certain Mm -hmm. way i mean you you were very clear about the way you perceived him why he worked the way he worked, the way he felt about what he did and what he wanted for you. Right. That's his legacy to you. And you have a almost a duty to take that legacy right. and then do something with it. And now you're taking that and letting it transform you and go, okay, it did transform you. It, it steered you. You it looked did. at him, you made your decisions, and now you're going, okay, now what kind of, what, how do I want to steer my children? Do I want them to look at me and go, yeah, dad didn't work in the sun. Right. But this is where the a, dad chased A, B, C, and D. Right. Well, now you're teaching them something totally different, man. What kind of legacy is this? I love that. I was just telling my son that the other day. Or maybe it was even yesterday. Um, one thing that he's really caring about right now is waste and consumption, you know. And so he's been trying to redial his purchases, like, you know, reusing cups and not mm-hmm. using plastic straws and, and little things like that. And he said he kind of gets a little bit of beef at school. Because yeah. he pulled out a metal straw the other day, and somebody was like, "Oh," and they were kind of making fun of him. And he was like, "Hey, whatever," yeah. you know. And I told him, I said, "You know, it's not my generation that's gonna see mm-hmm. the fruits of those." I said, "That small little action. You're you're 16 years old, and you're you're retuning yourself to make a change." I said, "When you're my age, and if you keep on that track and you keep changing them little things like that, that's gonna be totally normal." And then your kids. 
that'll they won't even right. they'll they'll they will think it's completely insane that we threw things away and didn't reuse stuff. I said, so you're you're take the laughs. Right. That's that's you, new, you know, new redial. I've learned that what other people think of me is none of my business. No oh, man, yeah. And that's you know just, what? If I let if I let someone live rent free in my mind, <laughs> right. yeah, because of what they think. Live you know free. Yeah. You are not. I, there are two. I have too many other things that make me happy, joyous, and free to let you steal my joy. But there was a point yeah. in my life where I was. That was a driving factor. You know, you you're always worried, or I was always concerned with what would people think. Yeah. How would you know? You know what? To a to a, a degree, I still have that concern because that's normal as human beings that's feelings we have that well it's a relationship yeah you know we're, we're people are but it doesn't consume us. me no it, it, i think i feel the same me. way i mean it happens we all do you can't to be immune to that and live out here in the world i mean if you lived in some retreat center right. i mean dude you've been on enough right. retreats and worked enough of them if you were in a retreat center all the all the days of your life you'd be perfect praying and, and meditating yeah. and, and praying again we would be and here all day we, it, i mean because really how much peace do we have here right well now? right who's bothering you but when here? we step out of that when we drive out that driveway the real world's That's right there. red lights that car yeah. red lights car accidents you know yeah. yeah what getting across the bridge all the stuff that consumes social media even exactly right i mean social media is full of that um and it never ends no, and, and i look at it as i'm able to spend my time in this joyous, happy, and peaceful place. Like, people may think it's crazy, but I look at it as, hey, I'm the one that gets to sit under the 200-year-old oak trees and feel that breeze. Yeah. And and I get to go to a peaceful place and work. Right. How many people could say they go to a peaceful place Right. all day, you know, all day and work? Yeah. Because there are phones ringing, and there are other employees you have to interact with. Yeah, there absolutely. There are... Lunches you have to worry about bringing. It, it just, it's... Yeah. It's... Well, it's the clock, man. It I mean, it's a, it's a clock. I mean, that's unfortunate that it's that way, but everything runs on time. And then when you get into that, you start getting into time, you got to be here at 8 and then here at 9 and then there at 9.30 right. and this call at 10 and then this at 1 and then quick break for this. I mean, dude, you know. Conference you, you call, lived conference in it. Yeah, call, conference call, video expectations, quotas. It, it oh, just... Yeah. yeah, and it consumes it you. And one, while it's got you... You ain't thinking about who am I? What kind of man do I want to be? What do I want to teach my kids? If you if it keep if that can keep you so busy that you don't think about that, and then what do you do? You get a, your coffers get full, and then you go buy something nice, and then the paint wears off, right. and you got to get the next thing. Right. There's a song. It's called American Dream. Yeah. I think it's by either Casting Crowns or Mercy Me, and they talk about an, a dad chasing the American dream and how. Uh, his son asked him to play, and he said, "Not today. I couldn't because you know he was busy at work." Yeah, and he, I've he heard this song. He slipped into his yes. BMW and, and was you know he was doing his thing, and you know he he saw that he would rather take a shack on a rock than a castle in the sand. There you go. And why are people writing songs like that? Exactly because that's a real plight. It is, and they've it experienced is. that. You know, they've experienced that that castle in the sand. But as soon as that storm came. Yeah. Where'd it go? Yeah. The ocean took it away. The water took it yeah. away. Oh, well, and even but that out shack here, is going to stay. I mean, you know, you, yeah. you're, you're right. And it's interesting, too, because, I mean, these, these headstones are made of marble, but they can look yeah. they can look like they're not made out of marble. but They can look like concrete. Yeah. Because that's what we were just talking to. You know, I said, Lord, what do you think that is, marble or concrete? And he took a good guess and said, 
marble only because only there was a little exposed white I was spot. being a detective, but right. yeah, I knew there was a trick question. I was like, but <laughs> it looked like concrete. It did look like concrete. Honestly, that one, and I want to talk about those two for a second because you pointed those out specifically. Those were... Um, the ones that are relatives of Edgar Allan right, Poe. Right, they were descended uh, Mr. John Poe, who was uh, the was a mayor of Lake Charles. Okay. Uh, I don't know the exact time. It was in the early 1900s. But he is a, a, a direct descendant of Edgar Allan Poe, the first American poet. You know, one of the first recognized American poets. And at the at the bottom of his of his marble uh, ledger, there's a, a small poem. How uh, you know it's kind of ironic and fitting all in the same breath. But it talks about eternal life and and how this world is a um, is temporary, in essence, and and poetic and 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 truth just really is spoken. And and before you would have, a you would have never even known it was there because it was black. But once I started cleaning it, and it was just. The Poe's didn't call me. There may not be any Poe's that are, are, are still living here. I, I like Kind of like you said, you get drawn to a specific grave. And I was like, you know, I'm just going to clean this. Yeah. And now they're beautiful. You can read their name. You can you can see the poem yeah. that is inscribed on he and his wife's headstones or, 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 or uh, marble slab. I mean, it's... It's beautiful, and they're white. They look like fresh snow on the ground. For those of you that go snow ski, and it looks like powder. Yeah, I mean, I was actually amazed because right next to them there were two that were made of the same right. material and the same size. Right. But those are the ones I was saying. They look like they've been burned. Those are the ones I got to clean. Yeah. <laughs> because that that guilt kind of sets in, like you know that man. I gotta you know I don't want to. It, it's it, it's having kind of a, a a burning desire and a heart for it, where you don't want to. You don't want to disappoint. Yeah. It goes back to not, I don't want to disappoint the people that are next door to them because they look they look like a million bucks. It's very interesting, man, that you bring that up. And I hadn't really thought of it till just now. But when I, I told you I go to Natchitoches a lot every year. And uh, for years I went to one particular grave, you know, to spend my day there. But um, several years ago, just right up the hill from where I usually would go. And, I mean, been going there since 1995. And... There was this, it just caught my eye because there's a specific, a specific type of flower that people leave at the place I go. And I noticed up on the hill, I started seeing some flowers like that up there too. So I said, well, I'm going to, one, one year, a few years back, I went back and I said, I'm going to mosey up the hill up there. And there was a nice little iron bench there. And I sat there and it was a little girl who had been buried there. But um, used to, every year, I would always go to that one place and clean it up and bring fresh flowers and bring some new adornments you know mm-hmm. to make the place special but now uh it's the same thing the for i couldn't get that other one out of the little girl's space out of my mind and so for the last few years i always bring something there too and spend some time there too and I, it's it's interesting because i know what you mean it's like there's a compulsion there to it go is. why that why that space why this person whatever it is it touches my heart i don't know why i can't explain it i don't know what the value is to anybody else maybe her parents go by there and they just it's nice right. to see fresh stuff i don't know but i, I do that now and i don't know if that i'm hey you know, I get it is what I'm saying. Basically. It's almost as selfishly I get it. Like it, it's fulfilling for you because <laughs> yeah. you feel like, you know, I, I feel like well, you, now you just you just got a shower. You're clean now. You're good. Yeah. You know, and, and the person may have passed away in the 30s or 40s. They may have never been clean before. And it, they may stay 
clean, and I say clean, and the, hopefully they'll never look like that again because it took 70 years to look like that. Um, hopefully between now and 70 years they're clean once or, or twice, but they'll never be in that state again. Yeah. It's And, and the service that we offer, it's not, A, it's, it's affordable. It's not something that, and that was one of the things that I, I really wanted to incorporate in my business because monetary gain in my eyes it, it it was never about the money it was because a it's a service a supply and demand going back to being in sales you know you have a a, a demand for it and if you can provide the service then obviously there's there's a a, a, a need um, but I want it to be a, obtainable for anyone mm-hmm. to where the average person can say you know whether it's $55 or $75 it's not you know, out of their price range to be able to have that, to be able to give that to their family member. And I'm happy, I know it. I'm helpless. I don't know what you look for when you travel, but one of the things I look for when I'm putting together my itinerary is a unique museum or gallery in the city I'm traveling to. I do this almost every time I go to a new city, but if I'm being honest, I'm guilty of not always doing that very thing right here at home in Sulphur, Louisiana. That's really a shame because we have one of the most interesting, historically relevant, and culturally rich corners in any city in the country about two minutes from where I'm sitting right now. I'm talking about the Brimstone Museum and Henning Cultural Center. Have you ever really thought about why our city is named Sulphur? They've got a permanent exhibit on the history of the sulphur industry that answers that simple question and more. You really get a full scope of just how important the sulphur mining industry was to the development of Southwest Louisiana and the impact it had on the rest of the world. Yes, the rest of the world. On the same property, right next door to the museum, is the Henning Cultural Center, presenting some of the most interesting, modern, and culturally relevant local art shows I've ever seen. My dear friend Tom Trahan and the Brimstone Historical Society have really worked hard to give us this treasure, and it's a multifaceted jewel that I plan to take advantage of more often. You don't have to wonder what their hours are, or how to get there, or what shows are coming up. Just go to brimstonemuseum.org, like I did, and subscribe to their mailing list right there on the homepage. That's brimstonemuseum.org. Tom will make sure you start getting the announcements for each and every new show at the gallery. But you don't have to wait for the mail to arrive to enjoy this historical local treasure. You don't have to be guilty, like me, of overlooking a local wonder that conveniently sits next to the Grove, one of the most beautiful walking parks in southwest Louisiana. Drop in and say hi to Tom for me. Tour the museum and center, and make sure to tell Tom that you heard about Brimstone Museum on Find the Good News. You know, you don't want someone to, I wouldn't want someone to say, oh, I can't, you know, I, or feel I can't do that because well, I don't have $500 extra yeah. each grade. For, well, man, for, I mean, even when somebody passes away, you know, I know when my father passed away, that's a difficult time. And I mean, anybody who's been through it and had to be the frontline person to interact with the funeral home and take care of the services it you're you're all it steals you in mm-hmm. a way because and I, and again I'm not speaking for everybody but I know what it did to me you know you you find out let's say three o'clock in the morning so you you're awake at that point there's morning then there's the family morning you're interacting with the other siblings and your mother and anybody else in their morning and then you know you then within hours you're at a funeral home right. talking business and going, 
Well, just how, how much money do I have? How what can we afford? And um, if there, especially if there's no plans in place, and so you're just you're in a weird space. You're vulnerable, mm-hmm. and you're being presented with numbers that are pretty high. Yeah, and they're hard to swallow. And you love the person, but you're going, I don't know much. You know, how, right. What can I do? And so you're making decisions not out of your heart. You're making them out of just just dollars and cents. Yeah, out of reaction. And you feel guilty. And I mean, I honestly think that business maybe even knows you feel guilty, so yeah. they prey upon it a little bit. I might be wrong. Right. I just felt like how to yeah. kind of get that feeling. And so what you're describing kind of is almost a balm compared to that. It's saying you could you could really do the same thing and go. Well, I mean, do you love your family right. member? I mean, if you'd love them, you would do this. But that's not what you do. You say, I want you to do right. this. I want it to be attainable. How many of us go to, uh, and I can I can speak for myself. I have a gym membership, and I went, into, I went in there last week. I said, hey, I need to cancel my membership. <laughs> she said, uh, I said, I literally have not stepped foot in here. And she pulled up my couch. She said, you really have not stepped foot in here since last January. Oh, they were looking at like the scheme. Right. The so like okay. I, I, I purchased the membership, a yearly membership, January 2018. Had not stepped foot in it one time, $30 a month. So when you think of it like in, in terms of what do we spend our money on? Right. How many times do we eat out? And I'm just speaking for myself. No, I mean, you're right. I, I mean, when it comes to something like this, that's why I, 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 I want to, to bring a service that A, is practical, and is rewarding and is obtainable. Yeah, for anybody. Yeah, that way they can. That way they you will consider right. it. Right. Right. Because if it's if it's something that you immediately know, hey, it's out of my price right. range, yeah. you won't consider it. Right. I mean, I mean, it's and it it's uh and it's something that doesn't have to be done every year. You know, you cl- you you give it a good cleaning, and it'll be good for two or three years, four years. It'll stay in that beautiful condition. It may get a little dust from, you know, storms or a little bit of mold, but it'll never be what it should never be what it was prior to cleaning. Yeah. You know, and the, the chemical that we use, uh, D2, it's a biological solution. Uh, it's actually, it uh, removes stains from, you know, mold, mildew, algae, lichen, any type of air pollutions. Um, it's non-toxic. It's not corrosive to no, the No, it's not substance. corrosive. They use it on substance. the White House. To clean oh, okay. the White House, and they use it at Arlington to clean the the, the uh, military graves. So the people who hire you to do this can feel right. good about right. You know, There's what? no, you know, now we don't use that for the concrete because obviously concrete doesn't need that type of cleaning. We use D2 for the headstones themselves because that we don't want to deteriorate. We don't want to, you know, the first the f- first rule of thumb in 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 my own philosophy is a do no harm. Yeah. You know, you you want to leave it better than what you found it, but don't want it to be harmed in the future because of the chemicals you exposed it to. Right. Um, and and sometimes people not knowing it better, they just go buy some bleach and and, and that's what they did. Sure. For yeah, that, that's what I would have done. Yeah. When had I not, this this had, wasn't around, yeah, right? Had I not had I not known, I, I would have done the same thing. Yeah. Well, I mean, I've had that happen before. I mean, you hear people say that when you buy an antique. Don't go cleaning it immediately because right. you can really ruin it right. and not realize what you're doing. Right. Now, I'll, we will use bleach and, and scrub concrete like the slab because that's what you use to clean concrete. Yeah, but when you're dealing with marble. But when you're d- dealing with marble and head And, and that's what we're doing and, today, right? Yeah, marble. marble or granite or sandstone or lime. I mean, just all of these beautiful headstones that are hand-carved or sandblasted. I mean, this is hundred-year-old pieces of, of, of history that the last thing you want to do is 
potentially harm it for years to come. If it's lasted and sustained 100 years past, you want it to be there for 200 years moving forward. You just said something too about hand carved, and I got and what were the ones? What was the woodsmen? The woodmans of the world. Woodman, yeah. woodsmen of the world. Those you pointed several of those out that you had cleaned, and then you showed me some that you didn't clean. But you know, I've seen similar. Um, I guess those are headstones. Honestly, I don't. Yeah, I guess that's what mon- I call. They're like monuments. Monuments. I would, monuments? Yeah. Okay. Well. When I, when I go to um, the American Cemetery in Natchitoches, I have seen a couple of things like that. But, you know, in all these years, and I guess that comes from being a person born in the modern world, I thought, oh, it's manufactured. Mm-hmm. But you pointed out today, these are they're hand-carved. And then right. as we looked at them, there they are. They're all different. I didn't right. realize those were actually hand-carved. I mean, some of them passed away in 1904, so they didn't have a, yeah, a molds casting. Yeah, casting, yeah. You Wild, know, they couldn't man. just run it through a... a, 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 a a machine that carved everything, you know, put it in a in a PDF or a, a JPEG yeah. and, and hit send and it, yeah, it it's send not a CAD it. file. No. Well, you know, and that's interesting because I it, I know that for me just that alone is going to change the way I experience a cemetery now. I mean, when I go now, I'm going to be looking for that right. and go, "Oh, that's not that's not just cast right. off of some mold and then the name's chiseled in. Right. Somebody actually you, carved You know, that. and to think back then, I, I would say that a monument of that size and and that detail and craftsmanship was in the ballpark of probably about four hundred dollars, which mm. at that time in 1904 was a substantial amount of money. Today, that monument would probably, if I had to guess, would be in the upwards of twenty to twenty-five thousand dollars because of all the detail and and beautiful um, carving. It looks like a tree. I mean, it yeah, literally it has gonna, bark like a tree. I was really blown away and about how many are in here. And then also just other things that I noticed that you pointed out and things that I that caught my eye, like where we started the video earlier, there was actually stained glass inside right. that mausoleum. I was mm-hmm. like, wow, this, I did, I guess I just, you know, I have an appreciation, but I guess having somebody like you who has really dove into it for almost a year now, uh, walk with you, you really learn a lot. And you said there was the living, and I know a lot of people may have went to that, the living cemetery. Right, it was a living cemetery tour last uh, October. What a, uh, what a great experience. Oh, look, you went to that? I did, and I tell you what, it was one of the best things I, I've, I've experienced in a very long time because coincidentally, some of the graves that I'd cleaned um, were in preparation for that, oh, that really? cemetery, that, that tour. And the actors that were dressed portraying the the Oh yeah. Person, I mean, it literally transported you back in time. Mr. Gill, Mr. H.C. Gill, um, I literally was in tears because after cleaning his grave, uh, him and O. Jennings Gill, o. he called his son O.J. O.J. <laughs> O.J. He was the clerk of court uh, for Calcasieu Parish, and then he, his son O. o. Jennings uh, Gill, preceded uh, him, or actually was was the clerk of court after he was uh, after he resigned. Um, I saw the man. It was like I saw the man because I'm sure the family had a picture of him, what he looked like. So they tried to make him as as similar as possible. So it was, it was though you saw the man himself standing. It was a living testament or a living monument yeah. of of that person. And we went, It was at there was a Goss uh, Cemetery where Daniel Goss, yeah. uh, Mrs. Locke, her her husband was George Locke that donated Locke Park, yeah, land because he she loved children. I mean. It just was one of the best things that um, that they have done here locally, and and I, I can't wait till I think they're going to have another one um, this uh, this fall, and 
just some tremendous, tremendously talented people organized it, and it was so well thought out and planned. I mean, it was at Bilbo Cemetery. Um, uh, John Jacob or Jacob Ryan, yeah, who was one of the first people where the where the Chase Bank is right now is where Jacob Ryan's house was at. Okay. And he was one of the first people to to be to live here. Strange how history it, just yeah. sort of trucks along and things you know, get after erased. After the fire in 1912. Oh yeah, that was a I big mean, that was a re huge, big reboot right, for Lake Charles. Right. Yeah. So I mean, they we, you visited all of these people, and, and Margaret Bilbo, she passed away when she was like 12 years old, and and they had a little girl playing her. I mean, it was such a beautiful walk back in the time. I mean, and and my daughter drunk lover, she was like. I don't know if I want to go, Dad. I'm like, no, you coming. We're going, you know. And at the end of it, she was like, oh my gosh, you know. Mayor Hunter played a part in it. I mean, just it was such, it was so um, gratifying, and and for the family, it had to have been to to know that their loved ones had played such a large, influential part in cultivating our our what we know today as as um our backyard yeah i mean it's yeah. such an amazing thing to think how how simple a graveyard is and how sad it could be yeah right potentially be right but you know like the old saying says you know i've, I've heard of many elders say it you're supposed to cry at weddings and rejoice at funerals huh i hadn't heard that before you cry at weddings and rejoice at funerals you rejoice over a life well lived you know, you rejoice oh, over, yeah, right. over gotcha. you know, just, you're not happy that they're dead. You're happy that they're, that, you know, rejoice of, of, of who they were and what, what, what they accomplished in their legacy and, and the people that they, they, you know, that they touched or helped. I mean, it's interesting. Yeah, I get that. I mean, like that grave I go to in Natchitoches, I mean, that's where my life changed. There's no doubt about it. And, you know, the, I never even knew the person in, in the flesh and blood was a young girl, a young teenager, young woman. And uh, in these 20-something years, I have come to know her family and more about her. But what happened to me there was so impactful. And I, I, try, I really hope that I've expressed that properly to her family over these last 20 years, that if I've done any good mm-hmm. at all, if I've ever questioned my actions and tried to lean myself towards love instead of hate if i've ever tried to open my heart instead of close it if i've ever helped somebody instead of walking by them or if i've ever taken a chance to go out on a limb instead of just being safe and hugging the tree i can draw a line tie a string to my finger and it goes back to that to her grave at that cemetery and i said you know that to me is exactly what you're talking about. These people out here, every name you just mentioned, there's a string tied to a park. Mm-hmm. There's a string tied to a, a street. There's mm-hmm. a string tied to a piece of property that's doing some good for the community. On and on, on and, and on. on and on. It's a legacy. Yeah, legacy. That's right. You know, and it's it's where would we be without people like that? Right. I mean, where I mean. We would have we would have eventually evolved and, and pioneered its way through, but you'll be them. something. You would be something. It wouldn't be what it is. No, you know it's it's and I, it's kind of ironic because when we're gone, hopefully <laughs> right. my prayer is yeah. that 
my kids or my kids' kids can can say, you know, he did something good. Yeah. I want and there may the not be thing. a street name after me or, right. or a park because it, that wasn't my capacity. That wasn't within my capacity. But if I could be remembered as doing something well and, and living a life well-lived and, 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 and a happy, fruitful, joyous life, that's enough for me. That's, that's enough for me. That's, that's, that's Ten a... years ago, it wouldn't have been. Today, it's more than enough. It's more than what I feel as though I deserve. And I'm happy, I know it. Do you ever hear a good song on the radio that just moves you? Maybe it stirs your heart, but then it starts to move your body too? Do people around you say things like, you've got rhythm, or where do you get your energy? Well, I've got a secret for you. That might be your dance coming out, and the Whistle Stop Dance Sport might be just the job your dance is looking for. I know your first thought, but I don't have any dance experience. That's one of the good things about this opportunity. You don't need years of dance experience to do it. What Whistle Stop Dance Sport is searching for is a multi-dimensional talent. What does that mean? Okay, I'll tell you. You see, dance goes far beyond formal training, though that is a plus. Being able to dance means you can take life by the hand and let it put one arm around your waist and move to the rhythms that flow your way. To be a dance instructor at Whistle Stop Dance Sport, you'd need to have experience working with children, good rhythm, positive energy, and a personality for people. Dance Sport works to enrich children's lives by offering social, emotional, behavioral, and cognitive skills that naturally build confidence. Through dance, these children develop self-esteem, express themselves creatively, and strengthen critical thinking skills. Does the thought of affecting young lives in a positive way stimulate your mind, your heart? Do you want to do something that matters? Something that could really change the course of a young person's life? Then maybe that's why you heard about this dance instructor position with Whistle Stop Dance Sport. You can send your resume or letter to Whistle Stop Dance Sport. 1518 18th Street, Lake Charles, Louisiana, 70601. That's 1518 18th Street, Lake Charles, Louisiana, 70601. Training dates for this position start in July 2019. So if you feel you may be right, don't wait to send in your resume. If you'd like to hear more about this position, call Whistle Stop Dance Sport at 337 515 7577. That's 337 515 7577. And if you do call, do me a favor and let them know you heard about this on Find the Good News. Um, you know, you, you think, what did I do right to deserve such a good life? A simple life. And then you kind of touched on earlier of. Why me? Why do these things happen? What did I do wrong? Well, you know, I believe that God is, is, you know, he's making diamonds out of, out of coal. You know, Mm. it's, it's, and the only way you can make a diamond out of coal is if you put pressure on it. Extreme pressure. Yeah. So the more pressure you're put, he's, he's making diamonds out of all of that coal, all of that mess. It's going to turn into a message. Yeah. It's interesting because I listened to a guy talk the other day and he said something similar and he was talking about. And I think I even talked about this as my last guest, so I apologize if I'm repeating myself, but I thought it was really a good way to look at things like that. He said, you know, if if I told you today, I need you to go pick that 300-pound object up, you could get over there and try, and you're going to hurt yourself. Right. But if 
a little bit at a time day by day over over five years ten years you you train your body to do that then you then i tell you now go pick that up well then you pick it up with these deadlift no work that's no, right no hurt everything in our lives is kind of building us in that way towards something you know so things that seem hard are supposed to seem hard right. at first you know or bad things that are happening are shaping you for potentially something and if you're looking and waiting and you're open to that you might find it like like you like done. i did you know i, I really I had to really surrender, and I guess that's that's another word that comes to mind is is surrender. And that's a tough word to to well, say. In our and world today, that word nobody likes that no. word. Surrender you know, means you, you quit or you 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 give up. Well, surrender is also saying, you know what, I I, I I'm not in charge. I can't be in charge because, you know, at the end of the way, at, at the end of the day, I'm sure your plan's a little bit better than mine. It has to be. You know, I I, I trust that it is. So when I fully surrendered is when things kind of just fell into place and it's 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 as simple as it sounds it's one of the most beautiful things you'll ever experience mm. it really for me it is and i can only attest to what i've experienced yeah well, you know, I think about it lately. The last few days, I've been thinking about dominoes for some reason, yeah. and I was imagining these dominoes. Sometimes you set them all up, you know, when you're a kid, and you're going to make them all fall down. But I remember being a kid, sometimes I would do that with dominoes, and then I'd think, okay, it's going to work, and I would flick it, and maybe 30 of them would fall, but there would always be like a, a little row that didn't quite go down because one of them just kind of missed off the mark. And I thought, you know, that's kind of sometimes what it's like when I get in my own way. Mm-hmm. It's like if I if I can just trust a little more and be open a little more, I can be a better domino. Because we don't want to fall right. 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 We don't want to give up right. We want to stand up and we want to be kind of, uh, you know, look like we're standing mm-hmm. up and strong. We want to be that domino that's upright. We don't want to be vulnerable. I want to be vulnerable, but that to fall over and just be that trusting domino that's like, hey, I'm going to fall and, and, and to fall right. Right. And in a way, that's kind of ironic now that I'm saying that. I didn't realize what I was saying, but like you, when you lay down in the ground, when they put you in the ground, you want to fall right. You want to fall right. right? I you mean, want to know that when when you're preparing for the last days of your life that you lived a life. I want to know that I lived a life well lived, that I did what I could do to make to leave even if it's the smallest impact leave the world a little bit better yeah than the way I found it and I know that sounds corny doesn't sound corny I don't think it sounds corny at all and even if my legacy is the grave cleaner no that's a hey and that's okay for me that's okay for me I think there's a crown in that man well, I mean, I, mean I, I don't know I mean, that's, I'm just one person but it's, I think it's, there's a crown you know it's that. it's uh, it's hopefully it's um I don't know. It's 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 hard to put into words. It's uh it's it's one of the most like I said, fulfilling, heartfelt, satisfying things that you could do or I could do. I have done. So if somebody wants to hire you, right? How do they get in touch with you right now? Um we're working on our website uh, to be developed, but we have a Facebook page, okay. uh, Monumental Life, Monumental LC, Life yeah. at uh, at Facebook. All right. Google Monumental Life uh, on on Facebook search. Um, and the cool thing is, after we, we always take before and after pictures. Yeah, that's how I started so following you. You see what it was before, and before the cleaning, and then after cleaning. And that's one of the things that, you know, to me is personal to the family, and and we get permission prior to doing so to post it, but. Even if the family would rather not post it, we will send digital uh, before and after pictures. Yeah. 
but also, you know, I, I, I get their address and I send them a thank you card. Just thanking them for the opportunity to, to, to be a part of, because in a small way, very small, you have become a part of their family's legacy by, in a way, bringing it back to life. Because I'm a firm believer, if you can't read the name, then they're kind of been forgotten. Yeah. But once you can read that name, once that name is clear and beautiful and clean again, in a way, you're bringing them back to life. Not not figuratively or physically, but just, you know, in, in a way they're not forgotten. They don't feel, and I'm sure dead people don't feel, but I'm saying. I know I what mean, you're saying, it's though. Not, right. it's, it's not a, um, they don't look forgotten. Mm. And, and no one, uh, I'm a firm believer that no one sets out to not take care of their loved one's resting place. Like right. I said, it just, it's life. Right. It's kind of like the leak in your garage. That's right. I was thinking that as you were saying that earlier. Whatever it is, I'm going to just do it later. That's right. I'm going to just do it later. Laundry that piles up, you know, clothes that we want to get rid of and give the good to whatever. I've got to get him to this place and her to this place and she has practice and not. Coming out to the cemetery is the last thing. really, and it was funny because, uh, you know, one of the the clients I was working with, uh, I told him, I said, it may be next week until I can uh, get to it. And he said, oh, I'm not where they're not going anywhere. <laughs> and I kind of thought about it. I was well, like, yeah, that's, that's kind of ironic. It's true, but that may be the mindset. So, I mean, I'll do it next week or I'll, do, I'll, I'll take care of it. And then something comes up. And that's just life. Yeah. That's just life. And, and some people may not have the means, the trailer or the, the, the equipment or the knowledge or the ability, the strength. The stand- All of those things play a key factor into the service that I have chosen to well, you can take it off of their, yeah. off of their mind. So when they come out here, it's it's, a, it's visiting, and they're not they don't have to look at it and be like, oh, it's so dirty. Well, you know what, man, and there's something special in knowing that when you hire somebody like you, and I guess you know you'd have to have time to really express that to people. And I hope that being on this show is a part of that. I hope this does express that right. to people that they're not just hiring. Somebody with a lawnmower to come cut the grass. Right. I mean, this isn't just somebody who's like, hey, cool, I'm going to go cut the grass. Your heart's in this. And they know that somebody's going to take care of their family's resting space who actually has, um, you got some spiritual entanglements right. with it. And so that, that to me is different. It's like putting your own, I don't know, it's like putting your own hands on that. It is. You know and, you know, I mean? I'll find myself sometimes, and this is, again, me personally and my, my, my spiritual beliefs, I'll pray the rosary, the Divine Mercy Chaplet out here. Yeah. And just, yeah, yeah. because it's such a peaceful place. Why wouldn't you? I, I mean, agree with you. Yeah. You know, Why not? It just, Make it a spiritual. It is. I mean. Uh, what an op- what a great opportunity. Right. I mean, and, and kind of like you, you touched on, you sit and kind of meditate on, on a specific grave, and you, you think, what were these persons' joys or struggles or sorrows or what kind of life did they lead? Yeah. You know, it, it it becomes a deeper and more intimate relationship or, or experience. Yeah. Because that's what it is for me is it's it's really an experience with the family to begin with because, you know, when, when I meet them at their loved one's resting place, uh, they kind of tell me a little bit about them. And, you know, so I, I get a feel for who they are and what they did and, and just even if they're just Joe the plumber Joe yeah. the plumber was somebody's dad right Joe the plumber was somebody's grandfather that's very easy to forget and, and I think even with the living um, that's an important lesson right. is to go look I know that we it's easy especially when people are in the news uh, a lot of times in the media we only see the, the highlights right. and we don't really see them 
you know, um, nursing a sick child or worrying about the same worries that we have or, heck, just getting a stomach virus or anything, any of the things that we do that make us suffer or that we struggle with, it's just so easy to just sum them up in this little tiny, these little stickers we put all over them. Right. But they're they're just like us. I mean, everybody, even the people that we revile, right? you know, that we just look at and we go, I don't like mm-hmm. them. I mean, and we all have them. People that we just don't want to be around. I don't have to like you, but I got to love you. But I got to try to at least write a human. You are a human being like me. I got to try. You know, and I'm a firm believer that you don't have to be extraordinary to do extraordinary things. You don't have to be an extraordinary person. You don't have to be this person that has a two million fan base of followers on Twitter to do great things. That's right. You could do well. Anything you want. And what's a great thing, right? right? Yeah, I mean, what's, a, a great thing is a matter of perspective. Right. A great thing to a man who has no coffee on a cold day is a cup of coffee. Yes. That's 50 cents. I mean, yeah. I have one of my guests said that. He said, you can make somebody's day with 50 cents. Absolutely. You or know? a homeless person. Right. You, know, you don't just, know what they Just need. want something to eat. I mean, how often do we take for granted waking up at 2 o'clock and going and 2 o'clock in the morning getting a drink out of the icebox? Yeah. Not everybody has that. Well, I, mean, I think even, that's where we get lost and forget of how fortunate we really are. Oh, my gosh. How I blessed. Mean, that's right. I think about that even just going to do business with somebody. Right. You know, sometimes being in business, it feels that way. You feel like you're just sort of a, a tool or a resource mm-hmm. or, like you said, a number or something on a list. But going to do business with somebody, you're actually, for that person, they they want to, they need that business. Right. They want to do the service that's why they have the business so going to do that means a lot to them i think it's hard to remember that sometimes when we interact with people that what we're bringing to them sometimes is the very thing and i think where i got lost was it it because it became habitual yeah 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 and i don't want i I never want to be takes over i never want to be just a process again yeah I, i enjoy half of my enjoyment and and joy comes from being able to to meet the living Mm. Half the living, half the dead, so to speak. <laughs> right. Meet the family to, to and, and to see how happy and relieved and grateful that yeah. when they come visit their loved one now, the weight of of cleaning or the, the, the guilt of not cleaning or it being dirty and thinking, how am I going to do it? How am I going to pack this there to clean? That's all lifted. Yeah, They can come out and put flowers to a beautifully clean resting place and just spend time out here and not have to have the concern or the the worry about anything but just spending peaceful time under a beautiful oak tree yeah and feeling the breeze well this has actually been pretty peaceful for me man i'm actually really looking forward to cleaning now i know I had, that was, uh, i'm glad we talked talk. first me too i really i really do i think i'm gonna i think i'm gonna get a lot more out of this spiritually honestly yeah. because we talked i mean i know we had talked before but uh, yeah this we was, did a mini podcast on the phone we did we did <laughs> well you know what man was something that we said on the phone i think you and i both agreed the veil is called a veil because yep. it's thin and when you're here there's a perception of the veil yeah and so you know i would like to think that the folks out here enjoyed what we talked about. I, I think they would. You know, <laughs> sometimes when I bring Jacques out here, he'll uh, he may step, he may hop from grave to grave. Now he's three, and, well, and yeah. I, I correct. I'm like, you can't do that, Bubba. And and then I I remember, or I think, when's the last time these 
people because they heard are heard the sound of laughter the, and the children. Pit, the pitter-patter yeah. of little feet. Well, we did. We talked about that. I mean, you brought it up, so I'm going to bring that, share that with folks at home, the listeners. You know, when we when we had our kind of pre-pod phone call, <laughs> we talked about our both of our children and going out to cemeteries with them. And, you know, I had a similar experience with my little boy out at Farquhar Cemetery in Sulphur. And, you know, that's a kind of a... I get a little sad when I go out to that place. Yeah. I'm not most of the time I don't get sad at a cemetery, but that one makes me feel sad. I think it's because I know for for the most part it's a place where people go when they really just don't have the resources to and that's not everybody, right. but when they don't have the resources to bury their family in a place like Orange Grove or some other um, more modern cemetery. And so a lot of the headstones are handmade. I mean, people have made, you know, poured concrete and molds they've made at home or even pieces of tin that they've taken a nail and just wrote their name, you know, tapped the names in. I mean, it's just, it'll break your heart, to be honest with you. And um, it's breaking my heart right now. (laughs) Um, But we went out, we go out there sometimes and, and, you know, just spend time out there like you. And there were these two little boys kind of buried by each other and they had old sun bleached hot wheels and stuff and my son just just dropped down and got on top of the grave and he was like oh look he has this truck and he has that truck and and i was telling you the story because i think you you reminded me of it with your little boy and i loved the sentiment i went home and i told my wife i said there's something special about that i said he doesn't he's not saying oh he did or he was or he wasn't talking about him in the past tense he was talking about him as a living boy and really touched my heart man i don't know i think i told her i said i want to i want to capture that i want my children to hold on to that don't lose that when you get older that what you just said right there hang on to it because that is going to be your heart that's love yeah that's right that's 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 the, the the true experience of love and compassion yeah that feeling is gonna be let that be just let it guide you just all the way and just trust Bottle that it, yeah. yeah it's hard because we get it can get beat well, out of us life life comes <laughs> it, it does. does and it i mean I've, we can only prepare our children for you know for the world for so long and i i try to i tell i tell jean claire all the time I, I remind her that the world's not nice and you can you have you can control two things how you act and how you react, mm. and that's it. Mm. That's good advice. That's all you can do. How you act, how, your choices that you make, and how you react to someone who does something to you. Right. You can take the high road and say, you know what, that's not very nice, or you can retaliate, which is like what we talked about, human nature, to return evil with evil. Right. Or meanness with meanness. You say an ugly word to me, I'm going to say an ugly word back. How you act and how you react you know every day when i drop her off at school i'll tell her hey be nice and sweet and kind that's it yeah when they see you let them see him be nice yeah love everybody you know and a reminder of of, it's easy to love your daddy because your daddy loves you it's hard to love little johnny who's made you mad and aggravated you. that's right you know that's right and it is it's it's true and it's a struggle like they said the struggle is real the struggle is real it's true but it's it's a it's a uh there's there's beauty in that struggle to, to and you kind of touched on it to to learn how to love someone where they're at yeah and that isn't easy it's it isn't difficult. easy yeah and and you know we've kind of went all over the map 
here. Yeah, no. But now we're about to show some love to these two people yeah. that we don't know. Because at the end of the day, that's what makes the world go around. That's right. Love. I really do appreciate you doing this. And, th and I thank you for allowing me to help you, allowing me to kind of come into your life like this and talk. And uh, and it, it is a treat that we knew each other. It is. And, but we haven't really ever had gotten to know each right. other this way. So this was really nice. And, man, what a wonderful space. I mean, I really... The wind is blowing. And I mean, yeah. Birds are chirping. Yeah, I hope the listeners can hear the birds because I can hear them. I can hear them all. I, I hope yeah, they me can too. hear them. I mean, this oak tree is probably 200 years old. Yeah. A I magnolia, mean, the, the wind, it, it doesn't, you know, for, for the average person, that would be a beach in Hawaii. Yeah. <laughs> but to me, it, this, is, this is equal. This is, this is just, uh, it's peace. Yeah, it's peace. That's a good place to put a pin in it. And I, I want to be where peace is. I don't want to be where chaos is. If I can, if I can choose, or if I can, yeah. you know, dodge chaos, I'll take I'll take a peaceful moment over chaos any day. If you ever feeling chaotic and and you live in Southwest Louisiana, just to grab a lunch and come yeah. out to Orange Grove. Yeah, it's uh. We you might see, you, yeah, you see a black truck. monumental yeah, life. You might see a black truck, and if you do, come tell me hi. You right. know, there's yeah, a lot. It's it. crazy because I'll, I'll be cleaning, and someone will stop, and they'll say, do you do this for a living? I said, yes, ma'am, I do. Oh, well, I, can you come? Yes, ma'am, yeah. I will. You know, just, yeah. and it's just ordinary people that just want to to do something special. And, and I mean, I, I would like to think they can see from a distance because I'm sure they, they watch before they come, that it's not just a, he's coming to cut my grass thing. Right. It's a elbow and, and grease and, and scrub and rub and and rinse and renew. It's a, it's a, it's a whole, it's a process. It's not a, it's not a routine. Show me how it's done. Let's do it. And I love you just Thanks for listening to this episode of Find the Good News. If you would like to advertise on this show or sponsor an episode, just visit findthegood.news. Send me a message and we'll see about getting your business, organization, service, product, or event on the show. I deeply thank each of you again for supporting this podcast.